deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. A lock door it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Wrong. I just said that like wrong. <laughs> like I was the, wrong. The last, the last, last episode. episode last of episode. The books. And I biffed this <laughs> like it was a break. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieky Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for Laps fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, I can't believe it. We made it through 150 episodes of me never screwing up the intro. And the last one, huh? And the last one. The last one, huh? Last one. I maybe, I maybe did a little oopsie there. Oops. Whoopsie. I'm feeling a little emotional. Yeah, that's probably we, that's probably why. That's probably why, that's, why it happened. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling a little emotional. Hey, we have read all of Harry Potter. We've read all of Harry Potter, one all chapter at a time, for three <laughs> fucking years. <laughs> I'm gonna cuss a lot in this one, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. I think it honestly is almost exactly. Three years, because I, I, we're, it's we're Women's Month. It met International <laughs> Women's Day, which was episode two, I believe, after uh-huh. the pilot. Yeah, it's all coming together. Incredible. Here we are. Uh, we've read all seven Harry Potter books. Maybe I've been trying to decide whether we picked the best or the worst time to do it. Um, to do this show. Because it's definitely best for our narrative arc, right? <laughs> I mean, our point was proven, I suppose. Yeah, uh, worse than I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe a little more explicitly than we hoped. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, our, our thesis was uh, proven. You know, the, the we, we, we spent years working on the story and she just tweeted it out, right? Like, Yeah, like, yeah, kind of. Uh, that's kind of how this thing went. Um, so that's weird. But but also, uh, we did it. We stuck with it. We did the entire series. And I'm very grateful to everyone who stuck with us for that. Yeah. Especially given, you know, everything about J.K. Rowling that happened over the course of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I'm feeling a little emotional. Like, like the... I won't be reading a chapter of an awful book every week. Well, maybe mm, I'll put you a pin in that. You still could. Yeah, I pull, I'll put a pin in that. We could still be reading a chapter of an awful book every week. Sure. That part might continue. Or maybe it'll be a good book. I don't know. But 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 specifically Harry Potter. I'm not going to be spending any more time with Dobby. I'm not going to be learning anything more about Wandlore. Nope. That's a little, you know, bringing a little tear to my eye. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people have been asking us this, and I, and I guess that like like now is a good time to like say sort of explicitly, but also not completely explicitly because we have the fact is we just haven't completely decided yet. But uh, it, we we are going to do the movie episode, obviously. Yes. Um, and then we're gonna take a break, and we are gonna do Cursed Child. Woo! So I, so I guess I guess technically we are going to be spending some more time with Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's it's two acts, right? Because what's reading a yeah. play? Yeah, it's reading a play. <laughs> well, we could also. I mean, we we did 
if if you remember, we did actually in 2018. When yeah. We we did go see the play. That was yeah, and we just sort of forgot to tell everyone. We sort of forgot to tell everyone. We we did see it. We 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 have access to our memories to go and to to watch the play. Right. Like I don't remember it now. Right. Or know anything about it. Right. If I do go into my mind palace, mm-hmm. I'm sure that I can excavate the memories of viewing. Um, the play legally. We legally, we, and that's when, the important part. <laughs> uh-huh. Legally, we have seen it right um, before in 2018. So we could be like, so we do, we do have that. So yeah, it's 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 two halves. I figure we could do like an episode on each, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we will be truly done with fucking Harry Potter. Yeah, I, I'm excited to read the play. I am so, like sort of wondering if it is dog shit like people say, or if it really is sort of a weird disconnect like about what people expect when they sit mm-hmm. down to read a play. Yeah, yeah. G- knowing knowing how thoroughly like juked my a- expectations have been every time reading uh-huh. these the series, I have I I could not predict one way or the other at this point. Right, right. Um. So that's 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 kind of exciting. But but yes, we are we will be covering Cursed Child just because I feel like that's. That, that's a weird one to leave lingering, I think. Yeah, um, I'm excited about that one. I, I yeah. know very little about it other than um, the 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 silver hair with the blue tips of the main character yeah. or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, she's got a cool tattoo, I remember. Uh, yep, she does have um, a cool tattoo. Um, but but like especially after reading this week's chap, th- th- this epilogue, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cursed Child. The, the the few things I know about Cursed Child lift so many ideas directly from this epilogue. Yeah, that it feels pretty necessary. I think to cover that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so that'll be fun. Um, but after that, uh, kind of big question marks. Yeah, uh, yeah. To to be determined is what is what I'll say. Uh, we'll we'll have a break. We'll figure something out. But that's our that's our short term plan. Hmm. Uh, but before we can get into the epilogue and say goodbye to Harry Potter, we do have a little bit of news. The news keeps happening. How? It keeps Every single happening. episode. How? So that is something that is weirdly comforting in a dark sense. <laughs> we, can be, we can be done with Harry Potter. Harry Potter's not done with us, is the thing. <sighs> So no matter what form the show takes on in future, I imagine that we will still occasionally be dipping into like, hey, the video game makes your computer explode if you install it. Or, uh, Mm -hmm. hey, uh, J.K. Rowling, uh, like, created a yacht that's two yachts welded together uh, and uh, has a Bitcoin farm on it. It Just just whatever. Whatever is going to be thrown at us in the future. Yeah. Harry Potter is not done with us. and this week, we got a little bit more news in the form of the video game. Once again, I said this much on Twitter, but this is the marketing team jingling their keys. IMO. <laughs> the Harry Potter video game will allow transgender characters. Who fucking cares? <laughs> Who cares? Cool, I guess. In a vacuum. That's great. More games should do that in their character creator. The context and the timing that this was deployed with could not be more cynical 
Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what to say about this. It's, yeah. It's just like, this is this is cyberpunk to me. I don't. I, don't, <laughs> I mean, clearly there is some, some rot at this, uh, <sighs> on this game. The, the news was like, oh, this is actually very interesting because the because the, of J.K. Rowling and also the news about uh, uh, the Levitt, the guy who's the, you know, the lead director, or the lead designer and the producer on the game. So uh, a lot of employees are, have, who, who disagree with those two have been really pushing for this and feel proud of it. And it's like, I'm sure that like that's true in the sense that there are some people on that team who like don't agree with jk rolling about stuff right mm -hmm. the speed with which people jump to weaponize that as a defense for the game i mean it's like clockwork right it's like of course like of course this gets leaked to bloomberg right like of, of course this gets plastered everywhere uh, I mean, it says here that like, oh, they spoke with anonymity because they weren't authorized to speak to the press. Well, it's like, yeah, because they know that if if they just like went to the press, it would look desperate. Right. But if you say there's a leak and say like, oh, there's actually some conflict in there. Like, I don't know. I, I realize this is conspiracy brain, but also is it really like, like I mean, I think it it's like extremely obvious what yeah. happened here i mean it's like the narrative getting to be like these employees are like fighting back or mm -hmm. whatever it's like it's weird that they're fighting back is just active marketing to make the company yeah. more money yeah yeah and i think this dovetails very nicely because like i mean like you say there's not really much to say about this other than like duh right like like it's pretty obvious what this thing is um but it dovetails nicely with this other piece of news from 30 minutes ago Oh no! Um, where Warner Media chief Jason Keillor teases mysterious Harry Potter sequels. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. What does that mean? Well, in an investor call, uh, he said, <sighs> you know, "This is the CEO of Warner Media." There's this little thing called Harry Potter, which is one of the most beloved franchises, and we're incredibly thankful to be able to partner with J.K. Rowling. And so I would argue there's a lot of fun and potential there as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm. Interesting that it's almost like, it's almost like, and, 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 you know, tell me if I am being, again, a little too Pepe Sylvia here. <laughs> But it's almost like Warner Brothers will say whatever the person they're talking to wants to hear as long as it gets them good press and money. Mm. It's almost like they will say, oh, all these these poor employees are fighting mm. against J.K. Rowling mm -hmm. and including trans character creator options. But also we're thrilled to partner with J.K. Rowling on this little thing called Harry Potter. It's almost like they're completely self-interested. Yeah. I can't <laughs> believe this. Who, whom could have foreseen? Mm-hmm. Whom could have predicted? I get so depressed for people falling for this shit. I know. I it's know, like, right? It, it is very depressing. I was, like, reading the comments, which already huge mistake <laughs> but the just sheer volume people being like huge w i'm definitely buying this game suck it jk rowling 
yeah. Unbelievable. Uh Don't Uh fall for this shit. (laughs) Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like we said, like we've said over and over again, they're going to buy it anyway. And to some degree, I don't care that they're going to buy it anyway. But it's the part where it is a, um, we're announcing whether or not whether or not them buying it or their purchase of it is activism, right? Like, oh, I'm buying the Harry Potter game because they stuck it to J.K. Rowling is so, again, self-serving, right? It's very, it's, mm-hmm. it's depressing. It's so fucking depressing. <laughs> <laughs> if, yeah, I, I, I can't believe, I can't believe we're back at square. Well, no, I can easily believe we're back at square one with this shit, but like rhetorically, I can't believe that we're back with square one. So yeah. I mean, that's sort of how it goes. Cause like I saw this come out and I was like, oh, this is so transparently. Yeah. A, a strategy. Mm-hmm. I can't, I was like, I can't believe they're trying this. And then I was like, oh, actually it worked perfectly. It worked. I see. Yeah. It worked. That makes it sense. Worked. Yeah. It worked so easily because, because the, the part that matters is that you, you can tie your identity to buying products, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like I am a good ally by buying the Harry Potter game that goes directly. Well, okay, okay, sure, why not? Whatever you think. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a AAA video game made by WB. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that money wasn't going anywhere good in the first place, but like J.K. Rowling being attached to it, especially, uh, is so funny. And, and uh, they're still happy to name drop her in investor calls. And like, you know, they could turn around next week and announce that they or, or pretend to distance themselves from her. Like that. I would, that would not surprise me. And it also would not contradict this. This is just how the game is played. They will say whatever to whoever they are a company. They will say exactly what you want to hear. Don't fall for it. <laughs> That's my advice. Yeah. Just, just, just don't, don't fall for it. If a company is telling you exactly what you want to hear about something, think about that, maybe. Especially if it has to do with, like, social issues or politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that's our news. We have a clear runway uh, this week to talk about the ending of Harry Potter. Yeah, we do. Are We're we here? ready? Are we ready? Are we, are we ready physically? I've got... Uh, a glass of water. I've got. Well, let me crack this bad boy open. I've got a uh, a diet diet Coke Zero here. Uh, not a diet Coke. Coke Coke Zero. <laughs> <laughs> they did not make an extra diet Coke Zero. Mm-mm. Um, so I'm physically ready. Mentally, emotionally, are we ready? I think so. I think so. Pro- to 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 process. Hey, Harry Potter. It's I'm, over. I'm, I'm never going to see Harry again. Mm-hmm. Except in a play and a movie. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's do it. Uh, let's do it. We read Epilogue 19 years later. This is mm. going to be a short one. Oh, yeah. Um, It's Autumn. Harry and Ginny are bringing their son Albus to the train for his first year at Hogwarts. Uh, their daughter, Lily, is sad that she has to wait two more years to go to the magic school. Um. James, 
is also there. He, uh, through context clues, we can infer that he's the older son who's already been at Hogwarts for a year or two. Uh, and he's te- teasing his younger brother, Albus. You might be in Slytherin. Ha ha. Um, that James is a bit of a, a bit of a joker. Um, it's foggy for some reason, and they're looking for someone. And whomst would it be but Ron, Hermione, and their daughter, Rose, uh, Ron talks to, Ron and Hermione talk to Harry, like, a little bit, and, and Hermione's like, wow, I can't believe my husband Ron passed his driving test. And Ron takes Harry aside, is like, I didn't really, I confunded the instructor, um, because I would have failed, because I didn't use my mirrors, but why would I do that when I could use a super sensory charm instead? Um, then they all go, hey, look who it is. It's Draco Malfoy. He's wearing a big coat, and he's bringing his son, Scorpius, to school. Uh, Ron tells Rose, I think, like, don't be friends with that kid. He's no good. Um, James comes back from the train. That's the older kid. And is like, hey, mom and dad, guess what? Teddy is kissing Victoire on the train. Uh, and they all go, ooh, what if they got married and Teddy becomes a real part of our family? Uh, Harry and Ginny tell James to give Professor Longbottom their love, and we get the information that Neville has become the herbology teacher. Uh, but James is like, no, Mom and Dad, that would be cringe. I can't do that. Um, Albus then takes Harry aside uh, and says, Dad, what if I'm in Slytherin? Harry says, son... You were named after the two bravest men I ever knew, Albus Dumbledore <laughs> and Severus Snape. Um, also, it would be okay if you were in Slytherin, but also you can choose not to be like me. Uh, and he's like, thanks, Dad. And he gets on the train. Uh, everyone's staring at Harry. Uh, and Ron jokes that they're actually looking at him because he's so famous. Um, the kids leave. Harry touches his scar. And he's like, oh, this hasn't hurt me in 19 years. That's the end of Harry Potter. Huge applause for you here for mm. remembering who the fuck all the kids were. I went through it again <laughs> this morning. I to try to figure it out. <laughs> I have that and and you know you just explained it all to me and that information has already left my brain. Mhm. Yeah. Uh Scorpius is Draco's kid. That's an easy one, yeah. Albus is... Harry and Ginny's middle son. Middle son. The youngest daughter is Lily. Yep. The the eldest eldest son is is James. James. Yep. Victoire is Bill and Fleur's kid. Yeah, but that is not, I don't think, completely knowable, other than it obviously being a a French name. name. Yeah. And Teddy, obviously, we know is orphan. Orphan. Yep. And Harry also raised him. I'm assuming, right? Because he was the Godfather. I don't know. I, wouldn't that already make him part of the family if he was an adopted child? That's a good point. So no, I don't think that's the case. So I guess he may, maybe stayed with the mom. Did she survive? The one who looks like Narcissa but isn't. Oh, uh, Andromeda? Andromeda Tonks, yeah. Who raised Teddy Teddy Lupin? Lupin. (laughs) Um, yes, it was Andromeda. Okay. 
with help. Teddy was raised by his maternal grandmother, Andromeda, with help from his godfather, who is Harry. Okay. So Harry just helped. He babysat sometimes. It's not clear in the actual text. No. I, I had to read it several times because it makes it sound like Albus or whoever is even reporting this is like telling Harry that the cousins are kissing. Yeah, I was very, I had to go back a couple times. Yeah, it sounds, because what it sounds like is that the kid is scandalized that he found cousins kissing mm-hmm. and and is expecting Harry to react and Harry doesn't. And I was like, this is fucking weird. And then I and then I like slowly pieced it together, like, oh hang on a second, Victoire. Okay. I get it. I get it. Sort of. This is uh This is depressing. That's kind of my main takeaway. And not just because, hey, we're we're finished with a with a big project on 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 the show but just like what a what an unnecessary and boring window into these characters lives and more importantly like <laughs> what JK Rowling considers all being well i guess is kind of the main thing here yeah i feel like this is supposed to be like fan servicey and mm-hmm. which is incredible just because it does uh, sort of the opposite I, I think that the overwhelming fan reaction to this was bad yes uh people do not like the epilogue i feel nothing uh so <laughs> I, I think is like a pretty good place to be with it <laughs> You're, you feel cleansed yeah it's whatever net zero yeah, yeah I, I don't really care yeah, no, I, I I certainly don't care about these characters anymore. Um, this book did an excellent job of, like, squashing that, I think, out of me. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, look, I, I like self-indulgence. I think a little bit of self-indulgence is necessary in all storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that this is particular. I don't think J.K. Rowling earned being self-indulgent uh, in this scene, especially because... I mean, the entire book is completely self-indulgent, but like this, this is her dipping into her love of uh, family trees. Um, that's her hobby, right? Uh, she in in the documentary that that came out alongside this book, she kind of goes into detail about her like meticulous planning out of all the family trees and this for the characters in the series. This pops up again in Fantastic Beasts, right? Crimes of Grindelwald like has a MacGuffin that is a family tree. Yeah. Uh, uh, like Sirius has the family tree wallpaper thing tapestry in in his in his house. Like like a, it's a thing she likes, and that's totally fine. Um, but this is just this is porno for for whatever <laughs> that gene, genealogists, I guess. Like I I, I don't know. Um, it I, is. I, it's, self-indulgent in a way that sometimes like you read something that is clearly like someone else's indulgence and you're just like i guess i'm just like sort of like happy for anyone who likes this but it just doesn't really do anything for me (laughs) the problem is is that uh we are happy for them or sorry this happened but the problem is we did have to in fact read all of that i had a i had a hard time like (laughs) purely on like a mechanical level of just having a bunch of like way way too many kids right we've got three from uh harry and jenny mm-hmm. two from ron and hermione it's rose and hugo 
I don't oh even God, think, I forgot about Hugo. I don't Hugo. even think I mentioned Hugo in yeah. the summary because I think he just gets name dropped by another character. Mm-hmm. And then there's Victoire and um, Teddy, who are also don't appear but are mentioned. And mm-hmm. then there's Scorpius, who mm-hmm. appears but does not speak. Um, and that's like a lot of new characters to introduce in like the best of circumstances. <laughs> But also, like, half of them have names of other characters. Other characters, right. So just trying to tra- track it, who everyone is, is, like, um, I do need a diagram yeah. uh, of a family tree. And honestly, I'm sort of of the opinion that even this is this is not my, like, thing. Like, I, I'm take it or leave it. I... I already just have deleted this all from my mind but if (laughs) but like i'm sort of like if you're gonna do this just go for it like put the diagram in here if this really is your shit and you can just do whatever you want why not well that that should have been like the harry potter encyclopedia right which very funny we we found some forum posts from 2007 yeah uh, we did uh, well while uh, uh, kind of like talking about this this epilogue and whatnot, and and first of all, just very fun to go back and read old forums. Um, but a lot of people expressed the sentiment that like they were ready and like looking forward to the encyclopedia because it was mm-hmm. going like, to clear up more stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of forgot that like that was kind of like the final promise for Harry Potter fans until the like the the stupid Harry Potter lexicon drama. Uh, happened mm-hmm. but like people were disappointed by this and i think maybe we we have like theorized a lot and like questioned a lot like how did this not land this book land with like the biggest thud right mm-hmm. and i think that might have been part of it because if you read it like we, we like i said we this is such an infinitesimally infinitesimally small sample size but like i i, I think it 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 is important at least as like a, a, a temperature taking thing to like go back to these old forums and see how lukewarm I think overall the response to this book was um, mm-hmm. like not, it wasn't like rise of Skywalker level reviled, but it certainly wasn't like, like it, it, the, the fandom clearly did not feel like the, it had been knocked out of the park. Some people did feel that. Right. But like it not, it was not accepted widely that like, Oh, this is, it was, it was sort of a like muted response overall, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them are cut with this. Like I'm, I can't wait for the encyclopedia. Cause I have so many more questions. Right. Right. And I wonder if that's partially why, like there was just this promise. Like she had talked about that. She would, she was going to write this encyclopedia that would like answer everything and flesh out the world. Um, and so maybe that's why, the impact wasn't as strong as you might expect for a book this bad that I think has, it was, re- you know, recognized by people as being kind of mediocre at least. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I think the epilogue's a weird one. Cause obviously like it does seem like the book overall had a somewhat lukewarm reaction, especially compared to a lot of the other books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the sentiment that I, 
didn't remember or hadn't encountered until we were like reading those forums again is that people not only had such an extreme negative reaction to the epilogue, but it was also because they felt cheated out of closure. And it was almost like a, why is this here instead of telling me more about the characters, right? It was like the idea that it was not satisfying to hear about their family tree. They wanted to hear about like what Harry's job was after school or like all of this other stuff. Like they wanted to spend more time with with the established characters rather than, you know, Ron being like, I passed my driver's test so I can <laughs> right. bring my kid to school in an SUV, right? <laughs> it is like, it is a depressing vision of these characters right here at the end yeah but but what a what a conflict because i know i know that jk rowling wrote this as like this is the vision this is the perfect life and to have all the fans bounce off of that and Mm -hmm. be like this sucks actually is is interesting well and that's such a complicated thing to unpack too because i i don't want anyone to listen to this and think that like I turn my nose up at people who want, like, the normal suburban family life, right? Mm-hmm. That's not that's not really what I'm I'm saying here. Um, it's specifically though that that is presented here as like Harry's eternal reward for everything he did, right? Um, and and that this is. This is truly what like God being in his heaven and all right, all, you know, all being right with the world looks like, because this is a story where pages before this slavery still existed. Harry presumably still owns a slave here, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, The ministry had been completely corrupt throughout the entire series until all of a sudden they decided it wasn't when Kingsley got in, uh, the house system is still here, right? Like a big part of this chapter is Slytherin still has a bad reputation and the house system still exists, mm-hmm. which is a, uh, was a conflict in this book. Um, uh, like, 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 you know, the, it, it was something that like is meant to kind of color the tragedy of Snape as presented to us in this story. Mm -hmm. And so even if you are a fan of Harry Potter and like that stuff worked for you, like the idea that like, Oh, you know, I, I really like what they did with Snape here. This is still probably really unsatisfying because like, yeah, this is leaving a lot of stuff on unsolved. Uh, the wizarding world is like not in a good place, even without Voldemort around. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. it's 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 left in a very unsatisfying place and so it feels less like oh harry finally gets to settle and have a family and that's what he always wanted and that's really nice for him it's it's more just like it feels like all these characters kind of gave up uh which yeah. would be a beautiful ending if it was on purpose right but like it's not yeah i i mean it i think it also sort of uh is it demonstrates J.K. Rowling's drifting away from, like, what people liked about the series in the first place. Like, even yeah. just on a very basic level, the uh, escapism of Harry Potter being about leaving your normal life. Mm-hmm. So it's weird to end it as Harry 
basically returning to normal life and trying to live, as far as we know, like a suburban lifestyle on purpose. It, it really feels like he's like, oh, I'm the Dursleys now. And I'm sure he's not like mean Dursleys, mm-hmm. right? Because like, obviously the Dursleys were awful, but it is the it is the the white picket fence vision for him. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, like the Dursleys, you would you would think for someone like Harry who grew up with the Dursleys, it would be more than the meanness of the Dursleys that like drove him away from them, right? Mm-hmm. Like because he discovered that magic was real and a different world existed, right? And it was yeah. it wasn't just I mean like at first at least it wasn't just that like oh there's nicer people who do magic. It's like, no, the entire world is different. It's not structured this way. And it's not, you're not like in an upper middle class British, uh, uh, like neighbor, like, like suburb of London for the rest of your life. Right. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it prom. And like, I get, there's definitely from her perspective, from JK Rowling's perspective, I can see that like, Oh, that's the point, right? Like, uh, ah, there's a sense of poetry. He, he's, he is settling down after this grand adventure, but it, like the grand adventure solved one out of maybe 10 million problems that the world <laughs> had. Um, and I, I yeah, think and it was an evil sorcerer. It was, yeah, there was an evil sorcerer. Everything else I guess was fine. All the other bad stuff we learned about when the evil sorcerer wasn't around, not, not that big of a deal to Harry, which like, look, I'm not saying that like Harry, had to single-handedly fix every problem. But when you're writing an adventure story and you leave all that stuff on the table, there's no way to write an ending like this without having it feel like some kind of admission of defeat, right? Or like, like, like accepting that the hero kind of no longer cares about fixing the problems. And that's a, piece of development that i think is can be very interesting for a a, a, you know a heroic character or whatever but it doesn't it doesn't leave me with the warm and fuzzy feelings in harry's case that that are clearly intended here like it just like i mean it really it just feels like he went back to the dursleys yes in in like he he left the wizarding world in a way even though that isn't what happened right Mm mm-hmm yeah, the like, yeah, he 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 returned. I mean, like it's stasis, right? He just like learning that the problem with the Dursleys was just that they were mean, and like not any commentary on like British middle class life, right? Like that's that's somewhat depressing, uh, and and, and um, it's like like cynical is it but it's it's weird because it's like i i feel like it's simultaneously cynical but also it like it has like uh the almost the opposite problem where it's like a a a naive lack of any real cynicism right where it's like no yeah all's right with the world this like you 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 own a slave you drive your three kids to school uh in your in your car that you cheated to get a license for (laughs) (laughs) um and you're kind of like, and I think the part that I think is truly depressing about this, and, and and like I get, I get that the intent here is that oh, this is just like normal married couple stuff, right? But the kind of mundane bickering between all of these married characters sucks 
these don't seem like particularly happy marriages, honestly. Does Ginny get to talk? I can't remember. Uh, she says send our love to Neville. And oh, so she's just mom now. She's mom now. Oh, and I think the other really pointed scene that she gets is when Harry kneels down to have a heart to heart with Albus. She pretends not to. It says something like she politely pretends not to in like doesn't get involved. Right? Doesn't Molly say to send their love to someone early in the series? Uh, to Percy, I believe. Maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like that. So um, there's a mirror there that's kind of again a little depressing. But like, like, like the first thing that that Ron and Hermione do is Ron's like, yeah, my wife thought I couldn't pass my driver's test, and Hermione has to be like, <laughs> I, Hermione has to be like, no, I didn't. Like, <laughs> I had complete faith. In, like, just really, like, I get, I get, I get it. It's supposed to be like dry British couple stuff, but because these characters have been so awful to each other, these books, like, I feel you can't, there's a lot in between that is just skipped here in this like 19 year jump. Where it doesn't seem like, oh, this is just them being, like, playfully, like, dry with each other. It's just like, oh, nothing's changed. They were assholes to each other on the camping trip, and they're assholes to each other in marriage, too. <laughs> just really grim to me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, and then Ron pulls Harry aside, and it's like, yeah, I lied to my wife. <laughs> That's right, yes! Just, just, just something for the fellas. <laughs> I lied to my wife. Ha-ha! We're going to the game tomorrow, right? Like, yeah, it's very, um, and we'll get into this too. Cause I've, I've pulled some like interviews and stuff, um, of what JK Rowling has said about this, uh, this, this epilogue too. But like, there is extra lore here that I think doesn't make this feel any better too. Mm. Cause like, we don't learn this here. Right. But like Ginny at this point has been a professional Quidditch player and then quit to be a mom. Right? right. Harry has been the star or, and then like gotten promoted up to a desk job. Hermione is like a lawyer or something at this point. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what Ron's. Oh no. Ron's also at the, 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 the ministry with Harry in the same department or something. So. <laughs> So, like, Ginny had to give up her dream. Uh, Was Harry... it her dream? I don't know anything about Ginny. That's that's true. That's fair enough. I would imagine that, like, being the star Quidditch player would probably be pretty cool for her, right? Sure. That yeah. seems like something she'd be into. Yeah. Uh, and then she quit to be a mom, and now she's, like, a sports reporter or something. Like, it's just, there's a lot. Of the, <laughs> the more extra context that gets added to this, honestly, the, like, more just, like, world-weary and depressing it feels. Um, I think most of all, like, this just isn't a fun fantasy for kids, right? No, I, I mean, I think that J.K. Rowling wrote this for herself and literally no one else, which... Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess that's why I don't care, right? It's just yeah. like, whatever. Whatever, lady. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's for her. It's to indulge this, this, uh, um, uh, this, this, like, gene, again, like, genealogy hobby desire, right? But also, like, to, to put these characters here to basically, in the, in the greatest act of defensiveness in this book yet, um, 
like curtail any theorizing or fan fiction or whatever about like what might happen after the fall of Voldemort, right? Yeah, um, I, I mean, I think that that's sort of the other, the other shoe for like fandom reaction is this seem it it really seems like a deliberate like don't you think about what happened after the story? I'm cl- I'm closing the door on that. It's it's over. They're done. And like in some stories, that's great. I like it when a, when a, when a story has like a definitive ending for characters, right? But this is a weird middle ground where it's not an ending for the characters so much as it is like a different kind of stasis. Mm-hmm. It, it is it is not a conclusion to these characters' stories. It is merely getting them in a position where it shuts off any like magical or adventurous possibilities for them but that's it right like these characters the, you know these characters didn't die they're still alive yeah like again like i really don't want to be down on you know getting married and having a family i'm super not but it's almost just like seems like extraneous information because it doesn't it's like telling us this but my answer is sort of like yeah statistically speaking this would be what happens right yeah yeah yeah, and it, and it just and I think I think what what really what really makes it stumble here is that it doesn't it doesn't feel like a like learning to appreciate the little things story, right? Like like th- because th- the detail about Ginny I think makes this very funny. Mm. Because if this was a a sports movie, right? And it was someone who really wanted to be the Quidditch star and they tried and tried and tried, but they couldn't do it. You know, they just never made it to the finals or they never made the team. But that's okay because they met someone they love and they have a family now. That's a nice story, right? Like they they learn to they they learn to love something else in their life. But that's sure. not what that's not what happened here. The sports movie happened off screen and and like she got to live that life and now she's here, right? Like so it's less it feels less like this is a nice story about settling down and more about uh, like a a kind of a dark like this is where this will be you this is where everyone ends up right yeah (laughs) i and with how dry and kind of mean some of it is i don't even think it's like that romantic and rosy a portrait of like quote-unquote normal life right like it's it, it is vaguely threatening i can imagine reading i mean like i i didn't take it this way as a kid i was just bored right but like when i can imagine a teenager with like big dreams or whatever reading this and just being like depressed right like um is this really gonna happen to me is this where everything ends up yeah i mean i guess that's where i circle back to something you said earlier about how like is this is this right for a kid's book Mm-hmm. And it's like Harry Potter, I would call book seven, like, a f- firmly in the YA category, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and I'm, I'm like, plenty of people have this, dr- this dream, yeah. right? But yeah. I'm just like, this isn't Harry Potter to me. And I, I think you could tell this story. You could yeah. tell a story about about family legacy and and on and on. But I'm like, was this Harry Potter? Not really. No. No, that, I, I think that is really the biggest the biggest knock you can you can level against this is just like regardless of how you feel about the content or like regardless of like what it, what it, whatever you think the message of it is or like the intent, it's just 
not a great fit for Harry Potter at all in any sense, mechanically, thematically. This is only a ending that makes sense for this book because this is the book that opens with the poem about legacy, right? Um, And if anything, this epilogue really cements for me that like this just this entire book just didn't feel like a Harry Potter book. Um, I think that there is room for another Harry Potter book. I'm like, I, I'm certainly not asking JK Rowling to write another Harry po- Potter book. My God, no. But like there, I don't think there is anything like if, if, if you setting aside JK Rowling's current predicament aside for a moment, um, just considering in a vacuum, Harry Potter's cultural impact, right? Mm-hmm. And like what it did for, fiction what it did for uh like books specifically how it's credited with like kind of kicking off like the why like the, with a ya machine right mm-hmm. um uh did anything in book seven matter to that part i guess it was epic <laughs> Like aside from always, uh, and yeah. uh, there's really not much that like matters in book seven to the legacy of Harry Potter, which is very funny considering it is the book most concerned with legacy as a concept. Yeah, um, I mean, to be fair, and this is a huge slam, so I'm sorry in advance, but, like, when I read YA, it reminds me more of reading book seven of Harry Potter than it does any other <laughs> Harry Potter book. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I've, I don't read, I've not read enough YA to, like, confirm or deny that, <laughs> but I like that a lot. <laughs> but it's true in that, like, it, it's, it's very funny that, that, uh, this this series that is so concerned. Like, uh, I think honestly, like if we just zoom out and consider the series as a whole and like what the the book themes are, I think nothing speaks to to like greater hubris than being the author of Harry Potter and deciding the last book needs to be about legacy. Like, <sighs> right? you wrote Harry Potter. That you will have a legacy. Uh, Like even in 2007, like there were movies. It was a cultural phenomenon. Uh, It's it's sort of funny that in Harry Potter, the legacy is kids and it's about having kids and how that's more of your legacy than your work. (laughs) I mean, I guess that is what it is, right? That is the JK Rowling thing is that Harry Potter's legacy isn't him saving the world. His Mm -hmm. legacy is the children that he had in the same way that jk rowling wants her like you know the, maybe her legacy not to be harry potter i don't know that's all i can grab <laughs> from it yeah i mean she had just had her second kid i think at this point when this yeah. came out so so i like i i certainly don't don't deny that that was probably like a something that was kind of in the front of her mind but just like in the broader scheme of things it's very funny to think about this book like directly being about like like it's very uh a little on the nose perhaps a bit conceited i guess to like be the author of harry potter and be like "Mm, i'm going to consider legacy it's so goofy legacy is just something that happens to you really like (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know, and I, I think like just from my very like zoomed out like impersonal perspective, I I just still come back to like how, however personal or not that was to her. Yeah. It just it just sucks for the series. Yeah. There is there is no there is no amount of empathizing I can do with J.K. Rowling. It's like 2007 J.K. Rowling to make this work for me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just no matter which way you slice it, this is a very silly way to end this book. <laughs> uh, a, a bunch of, I mean, the other thing too. I mean, like this has always been the thing with like Lily and James whenever mm-hmm. they've come up. But, like, these characters would be, like, 36, 37 here. Not old characters by any means. Right. Um, but they have, these people have had the fucking life sucked out of them in this chapter. Like, you would not believe. Like, just, <laughs> just a really, really depressing view of aging, even. <laughs> like, like that they're not that old i mean like i get yeah they have responsibilities now they have eight million children but like there is not much of a spark of of any of like what you love about these characters here Mm um hermione doesn't get to like do anything smart here Ginny is just mom yeah that's why it's like sort of anti-fan service because they aren't it's like the characters died there. They grew up and became different people. Yeah. Which again, could be very profound if it was on purpose. Right. But it is not, this is not, this is not a, a, a book about these characters giving up or like being, you know, ground under the heel of society or whatever, <laughs> and like having to eke out whatever satisfaction they can. It's like, Nope, this is great. Everything here is awesome. I own a mm-hmm. slave. What, what could be better? Like just it 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 is a a a, a peon to like this lifestyle, um, which also at this point the thing that makes this double cynical and I think that th- this is the thing that makes this ring truly truly hollow for me. This is not the life J.K. Rowling was living at this point. <laughs> J.K. Rowling uh, owns a castle. J.K. Rowling has t- had two mansions. I think at this point. Uh, like, J.K. Rowling had a 30-foot-high hedge so no one can see through her window. Just, like, this is, this is cosplay. This is, uh, this is a lifestyle that she had no connection to at this point. And Mm -hmm. so, to me, it feels like... This is a tangent, but, like, you know what I... Is my least favorite, um sitcom trope ever hmm it is the one where like i I mean it's very similar to this chapter honestly but it's the one where like the character has like a dream they really want to achieve um but they like give it up to live like their normal life right and it's usually a very creative dream right and it's like it rings so hollow for me because it's like this was written and acted and produced by people working in the entertainment industry. Right. Yeah. And so like this is the same thing for me where I'm like, you don't J.K. Rowling, do not tell me that what's good in life is to is to uh, have three kids and live in the suburbs because that's not your fucking life either. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that that that's always been a like a stick 
Yeah, I mean, I guess that's why, like, I am sort of even more on board with an escapist fantasy of Harry being super rich. Sure. Like, not even for what a connection that has with J.K. Rowling, but I'm just, I'm so sort of disillusioned by by this vision for these characters that I would take just about anything else. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, do you have anything else to say specifically about what's in the, cause it's very thin, this epilogue. Um, and I think what makes it truly interesting is some of the stuff she said after the fact. Um, uh, Draco's coat is funny. Draco I laughed sounds, at him having a coat. <laughs> Draco sounds awesome. Honestly. Uh, yeah. they look at him and they're like, mm, don't like that guy. But Draco sounds like he's got it made. He's got a cool jacket. He's got a pointy beard and he's got a receding hairline, but they say it like makes him look cooler. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of like, yeah, he's, 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 kudos to Harry, Draco. Harry still, 19 years later, checking Draco out. Just saying. <laughs> that's true. Noticing his clothes, that's, noticing his hair, noticing his true. cool beard. That is true. Harry, adult Harry, is notice, notices Draco here more than his wife. Oh, look, look who that oh, is. Look Draco's at that guy. here. Wow, he's got a new coat. Is that Burberry? <laughs> Wow. It's very funny. Also, um, I thought that Draco didn't get a redemption arc in this in this book because everyone complains about it, except he totally did. It was just off screen. <laughs> like, yeah. completely. Yeah. He's fine. He's, He's just fine. living his normal life. He was presumably acquitted of any crimes or wrongdoing yeah. after, after the war. Um, seems like he got his uh, suburban... Uh, uh, vision as well. Yeah, so. yeah. Him, I don't remember who he married. Uh, Greengrass, one of the Greengrasses, I Daphne? believe. Daphne Greengrass. Daphne maybe. Greengrass. The character we know and love. Draco Malfoy. Wife. Wife. Who is your wife? So many. So much stats. Astoria Greengrass. Astoria Greengrass. <laughs> this is under on the wiki. It's under romances. Astoria's Greengrass wife, Pansy Parkinson, ex girlfriend. Mm. Presumably, she didn't get the suburban fantasy. No, evil. Because she's ugly. So why right. would she? Exactly. She has like an ugly, ugly nose or something. Yeah. Um. I feel like. Oh, I do want to talk about the super sensory charm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Ron can't uh, just drop drop this on in the epilogue. This is so funny. This is peak J.K. Rowling. This is Edward being able to drive his Volvo really fast because of his vampire senses. <laughs> Don't ask. I love. So we looked up what the fuck the super sensory charm was because he just says it. He doesn't say what it is. It's like why would I look in the mirror if I could use a super sensory charm? And the super sensory charm is literally just a charm that enhances all of your senses. Valuable. Seems like when would you not cast that? If you could just have like Spider-Man senses all the time, that seems right. like it could have been useful in this book where they were looking for stuff all the time. Yeah, but I guess that's the fucking fantasy of Harry Potter is that you use the super senses spell um, to drive your SUV <laughs> to bring your kids to school. <laughs> drive the minivan to take your kids to practice. Yeah. Yeah. Um Oh, and we should also briefly before we move on touch on because because this this will be something we discuss more in Cursed Child because it's what Cursed Child is about, but the Slytherin thing. Uh, <laughs> it's just like laugh track now, like ha ha ha. I, I, I <laughs> it's so silly. So Albus is scared that he's gonna go to Slytherin. 
because James has been teasing him. Mm-hmm. And Harry is like, all right, all right, I'm going to have a heart to heart with my son. Ginny, can you stand and look, at, look yeah. at the train, please? And he says, Albus Severus Potter, you have the stupidest fucking name for a reason. <laughs> Uh, you were named after two headmasters. Uh, one of them, Albus Dumbledore, might have been a Nazi when he was a teenager. Unclear. Uh, the second one, Snape, definitely a Nazi. Snape, as a teenager, definitely a Nazi as a teenager. And also, I will not mention the fact that when he was headmaster, he was presiding over the school <laughs> when it was a torture factory for eleven-year-olds. Torture school, yeah. <laughs> Nonetheless, he did hold the literal position of power headmaster, so that counts, I suppose. Um, <laughs> anyway, he was the bravest man I ever knew. Uh, he mm-hmm. wanted to fuck my mom and maybe eat her eyeballs. <laughs> and yeah. uh, when he was uh, uh, toiling away as the headmaster of torture school, uh, he was exhibiting incredible <laughs> bravery by letting the caros. Uh, uh, dangle children by their feet and set them on fire with uh, with magic <laughs> spells and mm-hmm. uh, let Crab and Goyle uh, practice new uh, 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 pain spells on them. Uh, so don't worry about it if you get into Slytherin. But also, if you do get into Slytherin, you know you can ask the hat to change change its mind, and that worked for me. So, which is also just wrong. <laughs> right, Harry only did that because he was very special. He was very special, and you can only do that if the hat can't decide for some reason. I I love and this. the reason and the reason the hat couldn't decide is because it was probably sensing the part of Voldemort that was in his head. So. Right. I love the part here where Harry tells Albus Severus this incredibly convoluted story that mm-hmm. makes him okay with it, when really he has the much more direct experience he could impart where he says he could say you know i was nearly sorted into slytherin yeah like that seems like a much more earnest heart to heart to have in this situation uh rather than like hey i'm gonna tell you what you're named after now (laughs) this is crazy finally (laughs) finally gets to know why he has such a such a weird name such a weird name yeah yeah your brother's name is james your name is albus severus (laughs) sure okay i know i know a bunch of people ask like are like oh he should have named his kid after hagrid he also shouldn't have the name hagrid (laughs) rubius albus severus (laughs) perfect Oh God! I mean, name him Colin. I don't know. Colin died. That would be nice. Wow. And then, and then Colin could have a legacy other than like being the kid who died immediately. Oh, the other thing that people get really mad about is that Harry basically got to name all three kids after stuff that mattered to him, and Ginny like clearly had no. <laughs> that is true. That is really funny. Like, <laughs> Ginny, not really a character. No. Yeah, she could. I mean, like, yeah, she, they, I mean, I guess, I guess, did one of the other Weasleys name another kid George after the one who died? I don't know. You could have named your kid jo- James Hugo. and George. Hugh, Hugo. <laughs> Hugo <laughs> Potter. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a real fucking mess out here for names and, and, but, but, but the, the idea that Slytherin still exists and is still, has this bad reputation 
but there's no Voldemort. So like what 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 is the what is the purpose of keeping it around versus what has persisted for nearly 20 years that has made them still like you know the bad guys at Hogwarts. Like what are they doing? Are they just assholes? It's, it, it, but like not racistly. Yeah, just the <laughs> asshole house now. <laughs> just the house for jerks now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Well, then, in that case, Harry would just be like, son, if you get sorted in there, it just means you're a fucking jerk. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about it. Which actually, apparently, is kind of the plot of Cursed Child, which makes me very excited to read that. I can't wait. Because, uh, yeah, it, it does seem like like a big part of Cursed Child is Harry going like, you know what, son? I kind of don't love you anymore because you're in Slytherin or something. Well, here's like. the thing is, like, his name is Albus Severus, and maybe they were both brave, but they were also both jerks. They were, so, they were jerks. It's true. It's, it's It all makes sense. Yeah. So that's that's the that's the skeleton of the the epilogue. Um. But there's a little bit more because, of course, after the book came out, a lot of people had questions about this thing. Um, she had her press tour to do. And so there are a lot of a lot of things that are like considered canon and are like important parts of like the character lore that you'll find on like the Harry Potter wiki or the lexicon or whatever didn't come from the epilogue. They came from J.K. Rowling being interviewed. Yeah, and, and also, like, I know that there was all that drama about the encyclopedia, and it never happened, mm -hmm. but in a way, it sort of did because of Pottermore. That was, like, a little yes. bit what Pottermore was supposed to be, because she wrote a bunch of weird blurbs and stuff. Right, this became, the, the press tour for this book almost became, like, a marketing spin-up for this encyclopedia. Yeah. Because a lot of what she says in these interviews is extra lore extra details about the characters um, and, and like you say, stuff that would eventually work its way into Pottermore, like new rules about how spells work, that kind of thing. Cause Pottermore launched in 2011, I want to say. Mm -hmm. So not super long after this um, three or four years or so, I think. Um, so let's dive into, I think maybe one of the most infamous ones, which is the today show interview. Uh, this is a write up of it. Um, on today.com this is from july 26 2007 if you found the epilogue of harry potter and the deathly hallows rather vague jk rowling achieved her goal i didn't really find it vague yeah vagueness is not the problem with this thing i don't, I don't know what's what is vague about it harry and and jenny had three kids and uh hermione and ron had two and draco <laughs> had one and they brought them to school yeah the author was shooting for, quote, nebulous, something poetic. She mm, wanted the readers. Bad job. Yeah. Well, she wanted the readers to feel as if they were looking at platform nine and three quarters through the mist, unable to make out exactly who was there and who was not. I mean, it literally said it was foggy in the text. <laughs> and like, the, there's a part in here where Harry is like, where are they? And then it's like the fog lifted a little bit and they saw Ron and Hermione there. <laughs> That's another thing too. The, there's the, the, the long running claim that this was the thing she wrote first. Right. Mm -hmm. And I actually believe that I think, mm -hmm. because I think at no other point in Harry Potter, is there a, uh, a, a line like it, the, the morning was as crisp and golden as an apple. 
Yeah, that that is like very silly for one, but also a little bit more reminiscent of the early book style, just kind of unrefined. Yeah, yeah. Unedited. I do, of course, have that information for you, should you require it, J.K. Rowling told today's Meredith Vieira, rather coyly, in her first interview since fans got their hands on the final book. Um, yes, please. <laughs> Rowling said her original epilogue was, quote, a lot more detailed, including the names of every child born to the Weasley clan in the past 19 years. Yeah, see, this is the sort of thing where I'm like, if you're doing it, just go for it. I kind of wish it was that instead. Yeah, if it was just like a glossary at the end, that'd be all right. Sure, whatever. But it didn't work very well as a piece of writing, Rowling said. It felt very much like I had crowbarred in every bit of information I could. In a novel, you have to resist the urge to tell everything. Yeah, this novel doesn't feel like that at all. (laughs) (laughs) But now that the seventh and final novel is in the hands of her adoring public, Rowling no longer has to hold back any information about Harry Potter from her fans. And when 14 fans crowded around her in Edinburgh Castle in Scotland earlier this week as part of today's interview, Rowling was more than willing to share her thoughts on uh, what Harry and friends are up to now. It, it's, I, I'm sorry. I keep, I keep interjecting. No, no, no. Um, Go ahead. It is amazing. And I, I know that this was the case, but I can't believe how many years all publications wrote about JK Rowling like this. <laughs> like just this fawning. angel, this angel who has taught she our children from her castle. Yeah. To, to talk about Harry Potter with us. It is like, it is her adoring public. It is, they laid it on thick. And look yeah. where they are now. Uh huh. We know that Harry marries Ginny and has three kids. Essentially, as Ron Rowling explains, creating the family and peace and calm he never had as a child. As for his occupation, Harry, along with Ron, is working in the aura department at the Ministry of Magic. After all these years, Harry is now the department head. Harry Harry lived in the suburbs and left the suburbs to join the weird wizard world. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yeah, but now he's okay. in the nice suburbs okay. instead of the mean suburbs. Okay, okay, okay. Harry and Ron utterly revolutionized the aura department, Rowling Holy said. Shit. They are now the experts. It doesn't matter how old they are or what else they've done. What? What did they do to revel? So they, hey, they, they're the good cops. Is this the same order department that took temporary control of the ministry? <laughs> or... Installed, installed Kingsley as the, <laughs> as the prime minister? As the, as the king? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Harry and Ron revolutionized uh, law enforcement. That's so crazy. Meanwhile, Hermione, Ron's wife, is pretty high up in the Department of Magical Law Enforcement. Despite, oh, I wonder how she got there. Yeah, despite laughing at the idea of becoming a lawyer in book seven. I love, by the way, Harry and Ron are the department heads, and R- Hermione is, quote, pretty high up as a lawyer. Get fucked, Hermione. <laughs> she cannot catch a break. I would imagine... That her brain power and her knowledge of how the dark arts operate would really give her a sound grounding, Rowling said. Does she have knowledge of how the dark arts work? Well, I mean, she I saw Harry not, Imperio, that guy, like line. seven times. I guess so. I just... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, Ron, and Hermione don't join the same ministry they have been at odds with for years. They revolutionize it and the ministry evolves into a really good place to be. 
really, really stuck on this revolutionized word that keeps coming uh-huh. up. They made a new world, Rowling said. Oh, they fixed it from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> I love this from two angles. Number one, exactly that. Like, oh, they, they revolutionized it from the inside, you say. But also... Even if that would be really dumb, wouldn't that be a much more exciting epilogue? Like, yes. to see I mean, them that, do this? I mean, those are the characters we know, right? Yeah, spend some time with the characters you know doing something they believe in. That would be nice. Uh, Luna Lovegood, the eccentric Ravenclaw who is fascinated with Crumplehorn Snorkax and um, Ubular Slash Kilters, I don't remember those ones, uh, continues to march to the beat of her own drum, I think that Luna is now traveling the world looking for various mad creatures, Rowling said. She's a naturalist, whatever the wizarding world equivalent of that is. It's Probably a naturalist. A magizoologist, yeah. the thing oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. wrote an entire book about, <laughs> J.K. Rowling, <laughs> and, and two movies so far. Um, Luna comes to see the truth about her father, eventually acknowledging that there are some creatures who don't exist. But I think she's so open-minded and just an incredible person. That's that quite she... an arc for her to have. Yeah, that would be pretty interesting to see, I think. Perhaps. <laughs> I mean, that is very interesting. I did not know that detail, but I mean, the int- I mean, like being raised and, and told all this crazy shit and then coming to realize that it's not real is an interesting story. Yeah. That the Luna kind Luna... of a kind of a reverse story of the finding out magic is real, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I could see that running parallel to Harry's story, perhaps. Hmm. Perhaps it would bring them together. It's fine. We don't need any of that. They got (laughs) married and and fucking took their kids to soccer practice. Uh, Yeah. It's possible Luna has also found love with another member of the DA. When she was first asked about the possibility of Luna hooking up with Neville Longbottom several years ago, Rowling's response was definitely not. (laughs) Wait, does it say hooking up? It says hooking up, yes. (laughs) thank you 2007 yeah uh but as time passed and she watched her characters mature rolling started to feel a bit of a pull between the unlikely pair ultimately rolling left the question of their relationship open at the end of the book because doing otherwise felt too neat this didn't (laughs) this was fine i guess uh, Mr. and Mrs. Longbottom, this is just a, a complete non sequitur here. Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> Longbottom, the damage is done. Oh, shit. There's no chance that Neville's parents, who were tortured into madness by Bellatrix the Strange, ever left St. Mungo's Hospital. Hmm. I mean, yeah. That's what I would have assumed, but... Yeah. I guess you have to clarify. Rowling said Neville finds happiness in his grandmother's acceptance of him uh, and a gift and as a gifted wizard and as the new herbology professor at Hogwarts. 19 years after the battle of Hogwarts, the school for witchcraft and wizardry is led by an entirely new headmaster. McGonagall was really getting on a bit. Um, as well as a new defense against the dark arts teacher. That position is now. Oh, we don't do we know. Did we find out in this who the headmaster is? Uh, I don't know. Who is the headmaster now? I don't think we found out. I just uh, assumed it was McGonagall. A new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, that position is now as safe as the other teaching posts at Hogwarts since Voldemort's death broke the jinx that kept a professor from remaining for more than a year. Oh, so I guess that is explicit now. I hate, I hate that it was a literal, 
<laughs> literal jinx on the position. Yeah. It was way more fun when it was just like, Maybe. who knows? Well, Rowling didn't qu- qualify, clarify whether Harry, Ron, and Hermione ever returned to school to finish their seventh year. She did say she could see Harry popping up every now and then to give the, quote, odd talk on Defense Against the Dark Arts. Oh, my God. Can he fucking... goes and gives an assembly? Really? Oh, God. He goes and gives a... Mm. <laughs> hey, everybody. We're going to the Great Hall at 2 o'clock. Harry Potter is going to give us a little pep rally. Do you think that... Do you think that Harry's the one that just like decides when he's walking around and he's like, I think I'm going to go give a talk at Hogwarts. And he like pulls pulls the headmaster. He's like, I'd really like to give a talk. And they can't really tell him no because he's Harry Potter. (laughs) And then all the kids get pulled out of their class to just like listen to him ramble for an hour. Yeah. What would he even talk about? He's got a desk job at the fucking ministry now. Like... (laughs) Rowling said she may eventually reveal more details in the Harry Potter encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. I'm dealing with a level of obsession in some of my fans that will not rest until they know the middle names of Harry's great-great-grandparents, she said. Hang I don't on think so. Hold I, don't the, think, I don't think anyone is asking for this. Hold the phone. It will never be enough to satisfy the most ardent of her fans. Are you fucking kidding me? Don't okay, put, so stop. Yeah, don't put that evil on me, J.K. Rowling. Excuse me. You can't tell me that I'm the one demanding Harry the middle <laughs> names of Harry Potter's great-great-grandparents. That's <laughs> you. It's you wrote the movie where the fucking MacGuffin is a... Mm, it's, a it's a secret fucking magical... Family tree that's literally a tree. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Joe. <sighs> the fans, they just won't stop. Oh, the fans, they just want that so They will never be badly. satisfied. Um, did you know that J.K. Rowling was a runner-up for Person of the Year 2007? <laughs> that's goofy. It's I I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on that line for being like, oh, the fans just the won't fans. stop. The fans want what? this. I, 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 this feels like such a self-indulgent, like, long-suffering, like, oh, they just won't stop. And I'm just like, she must have gotten pretty fucked up when the fans were like, okay, please stop. <laughs> she never thought that would happen. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the thing where, like, right before the fucking Turf Manifesto happened, where she, like, left Twitter for the first time because everyone was making fun of the poop spell... Yeah. That must have really cut deep, huh? Yeah, because everyone was like, please stop. <laughs> please stop telling us about Harry Potter. I, I don't actually care about the middle name of uh, of Harry's great-great-grandparents. That's wild to me. The best part of that is she did give us that information because we know that Harry's like great-great-grandfather was the fucking hair potion guy. Yeah. The, the pomade guy. Right. So we do we do know, in fact, that she that she has that information. So what the fuck? You can't blame me for that, Joe. <laughs> anyway, she was the runner up for uh, Times Person of the Year 2007. Who was the person of the year? Vladimir Putin. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a joke. His final year as Russia's president has been his most successful yet. At home, he secured his political future. Abroad, he expanded his outsized influence on global affairs. What a joke. J.K. Rowling, when the, when the last battle was over and the last secrets of the seven book, 17-year journey were spilled, J- Joe Rowling did what grieving, grateful, and emotionally exhausted people do. She ransacked the mini bar. Oh, that must have happened after we saw, we saw the video clip of her in that hotel. 
Closing I the mean, laptop. <laughs> finishing this made me want to ransack a mini bar. Oh, so. yeah. Uh, she'd known from the start that Harry Potter would survive his ordeal. The question was how she would handle her own. This time a year ago, she was holed up on deadline in the Balmoral Hotel in Edinburgh to escape the bedlam at home, writing the climactic chapter in which her hero walks into the dark forest to give his life for those he loves. And while what she bedlam? Kn- my husband. So too much bedlam in her castle? Too much bedlam in my castle. I can't, I can't, I simply can't escape to my writing room. The spider has, has made a web over the door again. Oh, the separate building that's the writing the separate room? separate building? Is there bedlam in. in there too? <laughs> <laughs> I really was walking him to his death because I was about to finish writing about him, she says. It's her favorite chapter in her favorite book, but when she finished, I just burst into tears and couldn't stop crying. I opened up the mini bar and drank down one of those pathetic little bottles of champagne. <laughs> <laughs> oh <Okay>. my god <laughs> um god just speaking of how how jk rowling was written about at this time you can tell she doesn't give many interviews she's funny and self-mocking and earnest by turns but always unguarded and unrehearsed especially since now after all this time she can talk about the things she had to keep secret because her readers did not want their pleasure spoiled by knowing how it would turn out yeah, I mean, I don't think that this, like, the way she was written about is her fault. And honestly, no. she's, like, probably a victim of it, totally. uh, if anything, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, like... But it's, was... it's crazy. It is crazy, but they are building a brand, right? There there was that, um... I mentioned it before, but, like, like, especially crazy to think about now, but the one time I have felt, like, deep sympathy for J.K. Rowling is that same documentary I mentioned where the interviewer like takes her to that church that she like grew up going to and mm-hmm. starts like grilling her about like, does she believe in God? Do you believe your mom's in heaven? Like just really weird shit to ask. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I think that like, as soon as you like sort of dive into like to the depth that we have interviews with like a single person, especially someone who, you know, started as a quote unquote normal person. Right. And, and like seeing how the media decides to build celebrity is a little disturbing. Yeah. Rowling's religious agenda is very clear. She does not have one. I did not set out to convert anyone to Christianity. I wasn't trying to do what C.S. Lewis did. Oh, funny to see her directly mention C.S. Lewis, actually. Hmm. Um, It is perfectly possible to live a very moral life without a belief in God, and I think it's perfectly possible to live a life peppered with ill doings and believe in God. And now she climbs into a pulpit of her own, and you can tell how much this all matters to her. If it wasn't wow. already clear from her 4,100-page treatise on tolerance, I'm opposed to fundamentalism. A treatise on tolerance, tolerance, huh? I'm opposed to fundamentalism in any form, she says. That includes in my own religion. Okay. Yeah. She's certainly found her disciples. Critics can dismiss Rowling's grown-up fans as kidults. Oh, God, remember kidults? No, I don't that was at a, all. That was a term that got tossed around a lot at this time. Uh, that was like millennial before millennial. Uh, <laughs> but especially as the series unfolded, her audience expanded far beyond children, and her impact went far beyond entertainment. In addition to some 300 wizard rock bands, reams of fan fiction, countless websites, the books have inspired outfits like the Harry Potter Alliance online group founded by Andrew Slack, a consultant in Boston around the rallying cry, the weapon we have is love. 
Wait, that it's a consultant in Boston that made the Harry Potter Alliance? Yeah. Wow, Granger 2020. Granger 2020. Uh, when asked about the group, Rowling practically levitates off the couch, spilling her coffee along the way. It's what incredible. What does that mean? It's humbling, and it's uplifting to see people going out there and doing that in the name of your character, she says. She's especially pleased by the group's choice of mission and the old Amnesty International worker in her surfaces. What did my book <laughs> preach against throughout? Bigotry, violence, struggles for power, no matter what. All of these things are happening in Darfur. So, so there, I, I skipped a bit where it's explaining that the first Harry Potter Alliance thing was uh, about uh, Darfur. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, it's also one more example of how she'll never really be in control of Harry again. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, he is also a billion-dollar me- media property and a global cultural figure. Uh, I'm, I'm just kind of skimming this now. This is a very long article. Anyway, she was a runner-up for Time Person of the Year. Uh, other runners-up included Al Gore, David Petraeus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. wow. 2007, huh? Different time. Uh, there is also, I, I guess, like, this isn't the third segment, but I, I guess I, I'd like to, to leave this to you here. Not quite a mm. game, but something, something, a, a choice for you. Um, the leakycauldron.org is where I found these, these two articles. Um, they have a huge section called Post Deathly Hallows Information from October mm-hmm. 2007. Yeah. Uh, and they have a list of topics of things that she was asked about after the book came out. Ooh. Uh, if any of these strike your fancy, let me know. What Rowling said about Harry Potter, Lord Voldemort, Tonks, Lupin, and Teddy, the Weasleys, Dumbledore, Snape, James and Lily Potter, Hagrid, Hogwarts, <laughs> the Ministry of Magic, the Malfoys, Hermione, the Peveril legend, plot. <laughs> There's just one called plot here. <laughs> Magical creatures, house elves, dementors... Luna, Umbridge, Lockhart, Magic Spells, Wands, Neville, Wormtail, Colin Creevy, Rita Skeeter, The Trio, The DA, Aberforth, Misk. Anything anything leap out at you here? I mean, the first, I was obviously going to go to Snape first, but I actually, um, uh, oh gosh, what was it? I, I, I'm swerving to House Elf, because what could she possibly have yeah. said about the House Elves post-Deathly Hallows? <laughs> <laughs> she has one thing to say about house elves post definitely okay. has. Winky's still at Hogwarts. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. <laughs> Winky is still at Hogwarts. Fine, finally, I get closure on that. I oh. forgot about Winky. Winky is still at Hogwarts. Great. Winky is still at Hogwarts. Thank you. Okay, so now I gotta know what she said about Snape. Okay, Snape. I'm assuming more than more than that. Uh. Okay, I'm trying to click the Snape section. It's not taking me to it. This is a little, a little unnerving. Uh, Dumbledore, James and Lee Potter, Hogwarts, Ministry of Magic, Malfoy's, Hermione. There's no Snape section. It was a lie. That's so sad. They took out the Snape section. I probably know everything that she said about Snape after the books, but 
just because we've read so much about her yeah uh, talking about the controversy yeah oh here's a good one snape is vindictive so they're buried in here among some of the other sections snape is vindictive he's cruel he's not a big man she insists but he loves i like him but i'd also like to slap him hard (laughs) (laughs) oh okay okay then all right (laughs) it's a little weird yeah finally i think we should do a couple of these even though uh they are uh by and large absolutely awful Mm. the wizarding world book club as is tradition yes, please please i thought it wasn't gonna happen yeah i thought they, they i mean they deleted all of it off of pottermore and you can't find it on the wizarding world website anymore you used to be able to navigate to it but it's gone now um but uh i was able to find the questions on the twitter uh thank goodness uh let's let's see what questions did they have for the fans this time this is i mean this is where themes characters and facts come from right this is this is a classic uh trying to find some that are because a lot of these are just like questions about like do you think rufus scrimger is good um let's see are Voldemort's Horcruxes well hidden? No. <laughs> Obviously not. No. Uh, you are not alone. All of the replies are no, not really, nope. <laughs> <laughs> A group of 17-year-old children could find them, so no. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's sort of... I know, like, people are like, why didn't he make a grain of sand, his horcrux, and then drop it in the ocean? And, like, that's silly, because there's no story there. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's it's hard to, like, to say one way or the other, because basically Dumbledore did all the legwork and just gave Harry the, the clues, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, uh, there. There's a there's a line between, like, doing the thing where there's no story and you make it a grain of sand... And what Voldemort did, which is uh, make it the most obvious things in the world, and also seemingly not actually care about them that much. Yeah, I think that is the bigger sin. Yeah. To the story than yeah. like them not being well hidden, because obviously the characters do need to find them, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But I think that I am more bothered by them clearly being these like hugely sentimental objects that of that that's like the crux of how we figured out where they were is because of how much meaning right. is imparted on each of these objects. But then in the hunt for them, he doesn't seem to actually care. He doesn't really or mind. Or know that they're looking for them or or think about it much at all. Yeah. Yeah, not, not really. Uh... Or attempt to protect them. That <laughs> doesn't seem like, to Like after notice. the first time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah doesn't care. Uh, here's another question. Is Harry right to question Dumbledore? Yes. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> um... Luckily, it seems like most people are saying yes. Um, I'm scrolling through here to see if anyone has said, like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Do not question him. Wait, here's a good reply. I just watched Infinity War. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) Someone else responds, good, because I'm watching it tomorrow and I was unsure if I were wasting my money. 
Oh. I can't imagine being like an on the fence about going to see Infinity War person. <laughs> yeah, it seems like if you've been watching Marvel movies, it's like, yeah, you got to go do that probably. If you've seen, seen all the Marvel movies to have feelings about Infinity War, it seems like a weird one to be like, I don't think I'm going to go see this one. <laughs> we'll see how the reviews are. Uh, no, maybe Dumbledore should keep some secrets with him. Uh, huh? no, he should trust him. Okay, we're getting to the bottom here. Ooh. And uh, uh, some people, some people seem to say like, no, don't question Dumbledore. Uh, I don't know. I do know that I hated it. My heart is loyal to Albus. Hmm. Maybe Damn. examine that. Yeah, that's a little weird. <laughs> what do we know about him? Not much. Simply said, no. Harry should always trust Albus Dumbledore. I mean, it's it's a very funny approach to it to be that, like, yes, textually, he was trustworthy. So then, like, I guess the answer <laughs> right. is no. Yeah, everything worked out. So no. <laughs> uh, let's see. Who is Voldemort's most loyal servant? Oh, and they've attached a poll to this one. Oh, someone even said you should make this a poll to settle it once and for all, winky face. I mean, it's Bellatrix. There's no other answer. Well, okay. So here are your options. Okay. Bellatrix. Sure. Nagini. That doesn't count. Bullshit. Lucius Malfoy. Or himself. What? His most loyal servant himself. Himself. He doesn't serve himself. I mean, he's self-serving. Fuck this question. This is... (laughs) This is... Bullshit. It's Bellatrix. I mean, no, it's himself. <laughs> he is self-serving more than anyone else. He is most self-interested. <laughs> and then Nagini, because Nagini has some of himself in her. Mm, I see. I see. The The poll results are 52% Bellatrix, 25% Nagini, 20% himself. Lucius Malfoy, 1.8%. Yeah. Yeah. Are other people, like, asking, like, what is this question? Yes, a lot of people are asking. Okay. Okay. <laughs> is this a trick? Who is the better friend to Harry? Oh, Ron and Hermione? Ron Hermione. I mean, I think it has to be Hermione just by virtue of her not leaving. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Harry does not uh, repay her in kind, but I think she is his best friend for sure. Also, she saved his life. Right. Multiple times in this book. Yeah. Uh, She risked herself to save him as well when in the um, in the Lovegood house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I know this is a movie only thing, but I still love uh, that dancing scene. The it's dancing like my favorite scene, scene Lovely. in that whole movie. Lovely scene. Uh, the, the same person who responded, I'm going to see Infinity War, uh, <laughs> responds, Hermione. Mm. Uh, it's not a competition between those two. It never has been. That's what makes it them is. a it's great a poll. It's absolutely a competition. It is. It that is the question. Is. That is the question. <laughs> <laughs> I've made nice it a, try I have made it a competition <laughs> uh, Hermione because you always stood by Harry's side but Ron because he came back uh, the, wait hold on a second so 
The person who said Infinity War in the last question, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. top reply, Hermione. Yeah. Then the same day <laughs> came back to also say, you can't compare friends. Every friend has its own role in life. Then also came back to say the same day, both. I was really hoping they came back to say how Infinity War was. <laughs> I, this person, either they're forgetting to swip, switch accounts or, uh, or they, they have some real complex feelings I about wonder, this. I wonder if they answered and then walked away and just had, maybe went on a walk and thought about it and was <laughs> like, can you really Infinity choose? War came back and like, actually, I'm chasing my answer. <laughs> oh, oh, here's a good one. All caps. Dobby. That's right. That's right. Uh, Ron left, but he always comforts Harry in ways Hermione is not capable of. Well, sometimes a boy just needs his bro. (laughs) Sometimes a boy just needs his bro. Sometimes a boy just needs his bro. Sometimes a boy just needs his bro. (laughs) True. You can't Mm -hmm. match a bro friend, says uh, one reply. Okay, okay. Sometimes I didn't con- I didn't consider that angle. To sometimes be fair. Sometimes a bro just need sometimes a boy <laughs> just needs his bro. Mhm. Damn. Uh, let's see. Let's do one more from the What lesson did the tale of the three brothers teach us? Um to love 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 dying and being dead. I don't know. <laughs> guys back oh youngest sibling is most intelligent good answer (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i feel like i'm watching family feud uh pretty much everyone else has it in their replies uh in the the end death always wins can't cheat death blah 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 Uh, except you can except you can in this universe you definitely can paintings harry goes and talks to a painting of dumbledore right after learning about death uh yeah uh as thanos says the end is always (gasps) near thanos thank you perfect use of marvel fandom there me girl my girl Is is that the official account no. Oh, okay. No. okay. If only. Perfect use of Marvel fandom there, my girl. <laughs> As Thanos said, the end is always near. <laughs> Thanos, famous good guy that imparts the lesson. <laughs> uh, one, don't brag about the size of your wand. Two, don't try and cheat death. Three, invisibility cloaks are awesome. Hmm. Interesting answer. <laughs> I actually genuinely like this reply. Avoid rivers. <laughs> hey, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility, says someone else. Uh, Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's in there. Be humble and think smart. Only the fool would believe that they can escape the inevitable. Inevitable. Death never becomes a friend. That is directly contradicted by this the tale oh, of three I brothers. I love it though. Death never becomes a friend. Not to be greedy and hiding from death is lucrative. Wait, hang. Not to be greedy and hiding from death is lucrative. This person is confused. Okay, a little <laughs> conflicted here, I think. Mm-hmm. Ah. Uh, 
Okay. I said one more, but I actually kind of want to do one more. They're so good. They're really good. Do you think Harry is wise? No. No. How, in what way did he... Well, I guess when they do the thing at the end where it, like, sort of zooms out and he, like, tells, like, what happened, he is supposed to appear wise like Dumbledore, right? Yeah, I guess he does become Dumbledore at the end of the book, right? So... Mm-hmm. I guess, I guess, like, textually we are supposed to believe he is wise. Do I think Harry is wise? No. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Uh, if anything, he seems, like super reluctant to be wise right i mean the thing the thing that just sticks with me so much is the bit after uh uh the battle where he just goes full dr manhattan mode and he's like i tire of these fucking people and they're (laughs) they're they're the tangle of their lives right like yeah uh he just seems like he does not want to be wise or impart wisdom he just kind of wants to go go away Mm -hmm. uh what makes voldemort incapable of love well, well, we actually we have, know that we know that one and it sucks. I mean, it's like a combination, too, because it's like there's the thing that J.K. Rowling said in an interview later about the love potion and how he was not born of love or was not conceived in love. But like just the text on its own is literally just that he was born that way. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was born a little a little Damien. Uh, yeah. Without love. Which makes him accidentally pretty sympathetic i feel yeah absolutely i agree okay for real one more uh let's see god these are these are just like popcorn to me there Mm -hmm. um which wizarding world book has helped harry the most um the half-blood prince book easily yeah yeah in fact marvel marvel infinity war guy is back to say advanced potions I can't even think of another book that's helped him. No, that's the only one he's read. I think I think he's like asked Hermione to do his all his homework otherwise. Like Yeah. But he's like, no, this book rules. This book rules. Uh someone else says Twelve Failsafe Ways to Charm Witches. No, that was Ron's book. Well, well Harry got a copy of it. Though, oh, that's true. Ron did Ron. get him a copy. Oh, I just I just didn't yeah. see Harry imp- I didn't see Harry employing any of the strategies. And I didn't really get the impression that he read it either. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Harry ever got a chance to read that while they were camping. God, can you imagine like Harry and, <laughs> Harry and Ron and Hermione camping and both of them are reading that book like just for funsies and Hermione's like, "Okay, well, I'm going to get some mushrooms then." Like <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> You guys have fun. Bye. <laughs> Read your stupid book. <laughs> if only they had like any kind of interactions mm-hmm. uh, like that. Uh, someone says Hermione. She is a library by herself. Hermione's not a book. She's not a book. She's a person. <laughs> She's a character. I w- or at least I want her to be a character. Uh, Quidditch to the age. Okay, so pretty much everyone is saying advanced potion making which yeah literally that is the one book we ever really see him read mm-hmm. wait can we do one more just because i found it um oh yeah yeah, and yeah. I, I do like absolutely want to hear your answer which is what was your favorite moment in deathly hallows jesus christ that's a toughie um favorite moment in deathly hallows huh i've got mine mine is resident evil 
Oh, right. That was because it fucking book. ruled. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so j- just so I'm not copying your answer here because I, I agree that does fucking rule. That's like the chapter where the book like feels the most like a novel. Yeah. Also, I just thought it was like actually creepy. Yeah, and the snake being inside there was was cool. The snake, the snake is super creepy. The 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 atmosphere of the village is super cool. I I will say that like similar to that scene, but but slightly before, I think the part where Harry and Hermione first go to Godric's Hollow and it's a little creepy, but they like go to see the graves and like Hermione kind of like doesn't really know how to deal with it right and is just sort of like waddling around and like he's saying hey harry check this out while he's like staring at his parents tomb right like that's mm-hmm. i think that's a really good moment and then like they hold hands and then she like conjures the 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 wreath for him or whatever like i thought that was cute i think that's that's a gr- a good character moment for both of them yeah um it's like one of the precious few character moments in this book <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, I, I am surprised by the replies that um, many, many people are saying that their favorite moment is the epilogue. Wow. Okay. Um, I would and, not have expected and there, that. The two like most recurring replies are that and people posting gifts of Molly Weasley saying, not my daughter, you bitch. <laughs> as like the two moments. Any, and Any gifts of McGonagall summoning the statues? I, I don't see it yet. Again, another another Molly Weasley, uh, and always in here, another always. There are a couple like Neville having his big hero moment. Um, at first, I was surprised to see how many people the epilogue is the answer, but honestly, people engaging with the fandom in 2018, right? Yes, maybe I'm like, oh, you're probably all the way. You're still in. in this thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a specific bias you'd have to carry to still be into it at that point. Yeah, if you're if you're replying to the official Wizarding World <laughs> account in 2018, if you're, if you're doing the official Wizarding World reread, yeah, probably, probably you've on pro- board. You've probably done some fan rationalizations between 2007 <laughs> and 2018. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one I'm, I, I, I would have expected would be the walk to the clearing, right? That That's a favorite moment for a lot of people. I think I saw a couple of those. Yeah. But yeah, no, I agree. So I agree. Resident Evil and then the bit a little bit before Resident Evil, just because when, like, I'm a big fan of when um, the characters in this series get to be characters, and that's one of the only moments where they really get to be characters. Mm-hmm. Runner up, I think planning the heist is cute. Yeah, it was the promise of something of some potential, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't think that the heist itself was great, but the the the, the that that chapter that felt like the beginning of a heist movie, right? That was. It also fun. felt like the beginning of the book. Yes, that's... in a weird way. Oh yeah, let's briefly. So we finished the book now. How do we feel yeah. about the um, uh, the whole it was meant to be read out of order idea? Hmm. I mean, I think it hit a point where the book felt like it changed and became extremely linear. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Totally. Because there was a point that it hit where it just felt like it was, and then, and then, and then. Um, yeah. 
so I don't, I, I still am sort of, I mean, it's been so long, mm-hmm. but I'm still sort of feeling like what we thought was supposed to be the first chapter was maybe the first thing written. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. It's interesting. Yeah, I kind of forgotten that that was kind of a big, like, conspiracy theory we had at the beginning of this book was that yeah. it, it was it was it was kind of written to be told out of order. And mm-hmm. I, I think you're I think it definitely just hit a point where it became so linear that that just kind of stopped ceased to be a question. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I still have a little lingering doubt as to maybe 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 some of this stuff was originally intended for a different structure. Yeah, uh, the structure as it is is so bizarre. Yes, it is a very strange book. Um, mm-hmm. Cuz the thing is I I, I don't know. I, I I mean obviously it would be written like not that way in total anyway, but there is a there's a there's enough stuff that is completely linear that I feel like it couldn't there's no way to arrange the book as we've read it out of order to make it make sense. Mm-hmm. But there's also reading in order, there's not enough chapters that feel like they were meant to be read directly in order that make enough sense for me to write it off completely, right? Like it's yeah, just definitely. we're just stuck in this kind of limbo of like, eh, maybe. I don't know. Uh I feel like it that's that's my one question that I wish one of these post book interviews would have asked her. Mm-hmm. When she was willing to give information about this book like that, that is my most curious, earnest Harry Potter question was like, hey, was this originally meant to be told out of order? Yeah, I am way more interested in like the writing process of these books than I am about like the typical question. I mean, I know that it's like fan servicey type questions mm-hmm. where it's like, what job did so and so have? Um, but I'm not really interested in details outside of the story like that. I'm much yeah. more like. The, the writing of it is, yeah. is much more interesting to me. Yeah. We should, like I said, we should revisit that documentary, I think. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the year in the life or whatever as she's writing this book. I feel like now that we've read this, that could be very fascinating. All right. Well, I have a fun third segment activity for us to get to. Is there anything else you'd like to cover about the epilogue, or kind of surrounding the epilogue or the book as a whole here? Uh, obviously, I think we can kind of do a little bit more cleanup when we do our movie episode as well about this book. Um, but uh, yeah, any 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 other thoughts? No, I think I'm good. All right. In that case, we are going to take a little break and then we will be back to do something. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is the end of Harry Potter. We read all of Harry Potter. We've read all of the books front to back. We've still got the movie. We've still got Cursed Child. But Harry Potter, the series, the series of novels everyone loves, is over. And this is something that we kind of talked and joked about at the ends of other uh books and i think maybe we sort of like stopped asking each other this at the the (laughs) end once we got to like the really bad ones but it's time it's time to play a game it's time to do the ultimate podcast activity yeah the podcast activity everyone loves the most Uh 
it's time to rank stuff. Yeah. We are I, going I feel so qualified. Yeah, right? We 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 have we have read these things in depth. Uh and we are ready to hash it out and come up with so so I mean it'll be easy for us to just give our personal rankings. But I think we need to do like a uh a like unified shrieking shack ranking. Hmm. Uh, and kind of, if we have some differences, perhaps uh, uh, make make the case for one or the other. Okay. Uh, until we reach a consensus here. Perfect. Do you want to start from the like the best book or the worst book? I think we start best. I think that'll be easier. Okay, we'll start with the best one because I think our I think our answer is going to be the same. Right off the bat, on this might be a gimme. Mm-hmm. Is is your is your choice for best book book three? Oh, easily. Yeah, I'd like no question. Yeah, mine also. I would say book three. So I'm just gonna say number one, Azkaban. Yeah. So I do think I could make an argument for book one. That's true. Yeah. I I think I think that I could make an argument that that is like a pretty good well-realized children's story that like delivers pretty well on like the themes Mm -hmm. that it's trying to yeah it has a couple of stinker chapters but like it delivers on on some good themes i'm sure prisoner does too they don't stick out in my head as much i mean there's the entire arc where everyone is like wow harry your broom is so cool and sexy your broom is so cool and and uh, hermione and ron are like fighting over the the cat and the rat um yeah which is yeah. like okay because the rat ended up being a person. Um, <laughs> I, I think that like the thing that does edge Prisoner of Azkaban out over Philosopher's Stone for me mm-hmm. is just like purely personal enjoyment. I think that like three delivers on tropes that I like more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, I, th- that's the thing, right? Is I think three more than anything delivers on like my favorite mood for Harry Potter. Which mm-hmm. is like the Halloween mystery, right? Yeah, and it just it just excels at that. Uh, it's it's very very uh, it's very very spooky. It has um, a time travel element that I expected to not like going in and ended up really liking. Mm-hmm. It has the the Grim. I think is a really fun motif. The Dementors are cool. I like Lupin and Harry's relationship a lot. Yeah. There's there's just a lot of really strong stuff in three. Yeah. And I and I also think that like by the time you're reading three, you are established enough in the series that the subversions that three does, like for instance, it not being Voldemort and having the twist be that Sirius is a good guy, ends up feeling it's like uh, it's it's fun to be so established that you can subvert those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh, it's it's good not only as a novel on its own, but it's also maybe the most interesting that Harry Potter got in a self-reflexive sense, right? Mm-hmm. I think, I think yeah. Harry's character is at its strongest in three as well. 
And that he kind of has one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like in one and two, he really doesn't. And I think that that's maybe my biggest knock against one being the best is that like one is a lot of fun. Um, and it, I think it is really well put together for a kid's book. And I think it is also good that it's kind of self-contained, mm-hmm. but Harry is such a, just like, he is an adult who just happens to be four feet tall. Yeah. That, he's, he's, he's definitely witty protagonist, which is totally fine. Um, yeah. but three, he, he gets like a, a fun emotional arc. Yeah. Yeah. Which really only appears in like the Ariset stuff, uh, mm-hmm. in, in the first book. So I think I think Prisoner of Azkaban is our number one easily here. Yeah, I think it's immediately going to get a little more tricky from here <laughs> because mm-hmm. the books get a lot worse and we have to order them. Number that, two. I can't s- believe that Chamber of Secrets was bad. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. Chamber of Secrets fucking sucks, huh? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I've got some rose colored glasses for it in some ways. Um, I mean, it has Dobby. And it has Lockhart. Uh, yeah, it does. Lo- have Dobby, Dobby and Lockhart. Lockhart. There's who... stuff to like in two, but not enough to put it in the number two slot. Absolutely not. No. Uh, yeah, it's so funny because whenever I think about like, oh, the first three books, I'm like, damn, those are good. Mm-hmm. But that's not true at all. That damn, that was like maybe the 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 most surprising takeaway from us doing book two was that like, oh, this series stumbled hard right out of the gate. Really. Yeah. Uh, uh, terrible racism allegory, uh, a really nonsense mystery that wasn't really a mystery at all. Hermione did all of the work off screen. God, I could, but the problem with Chamber, though, is that I don't think it delivered on anything very well. So, like, the actual, like, process of reading it wasn't as fun as I wanted it to be, mm-hmm. but I could list so much stuff that I like in it. And I That's don't even true. mean, like, like reading it, but, like, uh, it's good in the facts um, umbrella, right? Like, I, I, <laughs> yeah. like, I like Lockhart. Um, I like the idea of Ginny having the diary and mm-hmm. been the one behind all of the mysterious goings on. Yeah. Um, I like Harry, like, learning that he speaks parcel tongue. Um, and on and on. Like, I, I think that there are things that I like, but just for some reason, that book just did not come together. No. And which is a shame because, like, again, Lockhart and Dobby for me, what an incredible introduction for both of those characters. Yeah. The most fun characters that the series has, really. And I sort of like the Dobby mystery a little bit. I, I, I like when Harry's like in the hospital and Dobby wakes him up and yeah. is like, is like, uh, like sponging his forehead and is like, I told you not to come to Hogwarts. Like, yeah, all that stuff yeah. is so fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a lot going for it, um, but to me, that really just means that it's not the worst book. It's just not very good, but it's definitely not going to be number two. Mm-mm. Hmm. I'm going to make a case for, like, book one or, like, book four here? Sure. Maybe? I could see either of those. I'm honestly, like, pretty wishy-washy about about number two here yeah i think book one might eke it out just because like it has the significance of being like the introduction to the series yeah i mean i was willing to go to bat for it to be in the number one spot so i guess number yeah two spot would be good something about that feels wrong though we can come back to it you know we can rearrange maybe i wish i had a visual i might make yeah myself wonderful can I share my text document with you? 
<laughs> yeah, there we go. Perfect. Perfect. This is these are this is a window into my notes, the note taking I do during the show. I'm, I, oh yeah, I'd love to see this behind the scenes right here behind on the last the book episode. Yeah, so here's here's the rankings, and I've got I got a trim here where I think mm. I rambled off somewhere, and then when here when I said, uh, do you uh, should we wrap it up?" and you said, "No, let's do another thing." So I'm going to cut that. Just some editing magic stuff. Wonderful. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have one POA number two. Uh, right now, I'm going to put Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, can we put Sorcerer's Stone question mark? Yeah, Sorcerer's Stone. Because I'm, I'm not so sure about it. I, I think it's yeah. like, it's a cute kid's book. Yeah. Some cute stuff in there. Yeah. It's a, the, 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 my problem is, is that too easy of an answer and there's a better one? Or is it like, no, the other books just really aren't as good, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, 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 it's going to be difficult. So, so let's move on to number three for now. Third best out of seven. Um... Uh, I have a controversial one for this. Okay, for the for number three, I sort of want to stick Order the Phoenix up high, which I think is gonna I think is gonna Mm. seem really weird. You're gonna have to convince me. I know I complained the whole time, and maybe (laughs) I just I think that I'm like personally uh, coloring this one because it is the combination of like uh, that book was a mess, but I had like so much fun reading it like it was sort of the same thing with the movie where i was like this is a nightmare it like clearly is the worst of the movies but it like had a weird quality of joy in it as Uh well five see it's it's gonna get because because my my knee-jerk reaction is no way five is the third best (laughs) but then i think about what the other books are that yeah. we haven't ranked and it's like six seven four which i like four has four had just the four is really going on the strength of the moody plot right for me um oh i kind of forgot about that yeah right the, the moody stuff is so fucking good uh in, in ways i think prisoner of azkaban is on our list up high uh but like but in terms of like how how much it plays with your your preconception of Harry Potter. Honest, honestly, you saying the Moody stuff wants me to slot that Goblet of Fire into two. Into two Move instead Sorcerer of Sorcerer Stone down to three. Mm, yeah, I could see. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I, I think but, I'm bothered by how similar Prisoner and Sorcerer's Stone are. I feel yes. like we're. it's like we grabbed the best one of the first three that feel like they're on their own in yeah. a way. And so it feels kind of lame to take book one, which is just like prisoner but worse right or like prisoner but not established whereas goblet i think is probably the best of the grown-up harry potter ones yeah i I, like goblet has i mean goblet has a lot of missteps um it has i think the triwizard stuff is kind of gets bogged down in a lot of nonsense sometimes um obviously the rita skeeter stuff sucks yeah, um, yeah, real bad. Probably just cut that whole thing out. Um, um, is Goblet Spew or is uh, Order Goblet of Phoenix Spew? Goblet is Spew as yeah. well. Yeah, see, there's a lot of bad shit in, in Goblet yeah, but, of Fire. Yeah, but that's the thing is there's bad shit in all of, the, yes. all of them after a certain point. Uh-huh. I mean, there's bad shit in all of them, but like there's a certain point where it's hits where it's like all of a sudden it's I overwhelming, think that there was a right? turn. Yeah. And it's like there's too much time paid to the bad stuff. 
Yeah. Because all of a sudden the page counts really, really shoot up. Um, whereas I think Goblet of Fire is like in that new era of bad shit having a lot of a lot of word count. But at the same time, I think that it maintains a goodness in the good stuff that it has. Four still feels like a Harry Potter book most of the way through. Yeah. And, 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 and that like encompasses good and bad. Right. Like like, I mean, Sorcerer's Stone uh, has like unrelenting fat phobic shit in it right uh so i mean so does goblet right like like there there is just some bad shit that you're just never going to be able to separate from these and we kind of have to rank them considering those right but that's sort of that's sort of the issue with the longer books right it's like obviously there's like fat phobia from like literal page two or whatever it (laughs) is but the problem with goblet is that there was a point that she got into the series and was like okay shit's getting real and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden like it has this more quote unquote mature lens, and, yeah. and and instead of the like cartoony Harry being Real like ha ha they're fat, yeah, it's like. It's like, oh, Fred and George gave them a candy and his, and his tongue got real big and he was choking to death. Like, it's more like a consequence of, like, tone and page count, I that think. Is but it's four though, that that happens. No, I know. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Oh, is okay. that, like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the turn where yeah. it's, like, all of, all of a sudden, these bad kids' book ideas got, um, like, lengthened into a different story and sure. got worse yeah, as a yeah, consequence yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting to think about because that almost makes Goblet of Fire high ranked, not because it's good, but because it's interesting because it's the turning point, right? It's like... Yeah, I mean, I think I'm a little bit... Like, I think the turning point itself is interesting. It's like this strange decision to turn Harry Potter into something else. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that it still retained some of the, like... It, it was able to get some feelings out of me where that the later books weren't. Yeah, there's some, like, I, I think that the Triwizard Tournament is extremely long. And f- book four has so many, like, the Sirius in the Cave, right? Where he just, like, explains the mystery to you in case you hadn't been paying attention. Um, yeah. But four also has, I, I the moody thing is so strong. Uh, Like, one of my favorite uh i think it actually 100 percent my favorite villain and like reveal in the series yeah um so yeah yeah i think I, the mechanics of the plot are a little bad but like i think that this one is the best case for the later books as to um having a reason for that stuff to be stupid because it delivers right on some of the fun to read yes parts. Yeah, like the, like the moody stuff, right? Okay, I think I'm happy leaving Goblet of Fire number two with a question mark right now. Okay, okay. I think we're basically going to have to uh, uh, do this ranking system with like the uh, the acknowledgement that like two through seven are all bad books. Like rank two, <laughs> rank two, rank two through seven are just all going to be to some degree bad books, right? So we're sure. kind of, we're we're picking our like favorite pieces of trash out of the dumpster right now. Sure. Like, yeah. Okay. So in that spirit, number three, you're you're still making are you still making a case for uh, Order of the Phoenix, or do you think Sorcerer Stone goes here and then Order of the Phoenix goes I, in at four? I, yeah, I think I think Order of the Phoenix ends up at four. I can't I can't in good conscience put Sorcerer Stone below Order of the Phoenix. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. So now I'm a little bit more. I now I think I'm I'm on now board with hear, this ranking. Now you will hear the hear the yeah. case. Yeah. I mean, it's not a hard one to make. No. In, when it's just above Half Blood Prince right. and <laughs> Deathly Hallows and Chamber somewhere. Oh, I forgot about Chamber. That's see, that's gonna the the, the hardest battle here is not the best book. It's which one's the worst book. <laughs> Wait, no, that's easy. It's Deathly Hallows. Oh, okay. No, you're right. What the hardest the hardest battle is going to be, what is the second to worst book? You might you might as well just number the rest and put Deathly Hallows at the bottom. Yeah, hold there's on. just Let's... like literally no Five, reason six, to even talk about it. Seven. Uh okay. DH. Right there. Okay. Yep, easy. Okay, so we've got three spots. We've we got, got four, three... five, and six. Yeah. We've got Order of the Phoenix, Chamber of Secrets. Uh, I can't remember. Half Blood Prince. Half Blood Prince, right. <laughs> Half Blood Prince had a lot of Snape content. You can't it, deny it. It did. You yes. know what uh, book also has a lot of Snape content? It's Order of the Phoenix. It's Order of the Phoenix. You know what? You know what other book also has a lot of Snape content? The Chamber of Secrets. He doesn't have that. Oh, oh little he, he has they, all. They, they of the, he does Lockhart kick, stuff. He kicks Lockhart's ass at the dueling club. That's pretty good. But that's like <laughs> one scene. <laughs> All right, I, let's uh, hear your case for okay. Order of the Phoenix. Well, I'm just going to start out strong with the drama in the Occlumency scenes. <laughs> there, you're, you're right. There's a lot of drama in the Occlumency I, I scenes. Think, so I think that Order of the Phoenix is an absolute train wreck. Um, yeah. I think that all of the major plot things happen off screen mm-hmm. uh, to characters we don't know. I think Order of the Phoenix is when... She started employing random Death Eaters. Yes. Yeah, that's where we get... For some reason? Rookwood, that's where we get... Uh, Jugson. Jugson. Uh, I think Thorfinn Rowley's there, even though he's not named. Named, yeah. Um, which I, I... Just the worst. Just the worst thing that could happen to the series, yeah. I think. Five is also where it becomes... Like, Order of the Phoenix is also where it becomes, like, an espionage, like, political intrigue novel, and she's very bad at that, and that... that can't carry the book as much as she thinks it does yeah we're just we're just throwing the plot in the garbage and my only case here is that um i think that other than prisoner of azkaban order of the phoenix has the most in a vacuum good drama scenes yes yeah i i think well yeah so i like i like the luna stuff in book five i like the festral mystery I like the Department of Mysteries. It, it, sort of. I like the idea of the Department of Mysteries, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in the, the same... The, yeah, I like going there, but the mystery about the Department of Mysteries is poorly conceived. Yes. Yeah, in fact, the entire ministry heist thing is ridiculous, right? Like, they just... A bunch of teenagers break into Parliament in, in this, and no one notices until... <laughs> Until uh, the evil wizard shows up. The whole whole thing is nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's some stuff that I do like about Five more and more broadly, which is that, like, I like the post-Goblet of Fire. I like Harry having a deep distrust of the Ministry. Mm-hmm. Because the Ministry is, like, now out to get him, right? Like, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of potential in Order of the Phoenix is kind of where I'm coming from. With that, and that's almost how we have to rank these because they're all terrible, right? It's like which one has the most potential, and like, yeah, the drama is pretty good. Yeah, like the scene where like Sirius and and Snape are arguing at Grimmauld Place. Mm. I'm really just listing yeah. Snape scenes because he's great. Yeah. Um, and Mo- is, a, is a drama creator. 
uh, Moody getting drunk and showing Harry the old photo of the order and kind of creeping Harry out. That's pretty good. I And I also, in some ways, I don't think it is always very well executed, but I would take probably Moody emotional Harry over the Harry of the of six and seven. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 like Moody, I think the the angsty Harry I really like in book five. My I think my main issue with Harry in book five is that he's actually not angsty all all for all of that book. He is he's like Master Chief for a whole bunch of it, and that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he uh, has to become Master Chief to move the plot forward. <laughs> all of the DA stuff I think is garbage. Um, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Um, I, I think the Umbridge, I mean, keeping in mind with our ranking here, this is also the Umbridge book, right? And that's just so catastrophic. And like, what is Hermione's character? Like, ugh. And yet, and yet the other books are Chamber of Secrets and Half-Blood Prince. Well, let's talk about them then. I know yeah. we talked a little bit about Chamber of Secrets. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Order of the Phoenix question mark in number four for now. Yeah. Number five. Half Blood Prince. I don't remember at all. We it's like one of the most recent one we read. Yeah. And I I have I got nothing. Again, it's like I think that I, I have a lot of fondness for that one too. But I know because it was recent enough that I know it's just because we basically rewrote the whole thing we, as we went. We we invented to to cope with that yeah. book with how bad that book was. Yeah, we, we had a great time inventing a completely different one. We spent the whole runtime of that just like <laughs> writing fan fiction on error. Yeah, and it was great. We came up with zombie dumbledore huh we came up with the inf- like a different inferi plot mm-hmm. we came up with yeah god we had a great time with that one that that was book six might be some of my fondest podcasting memories oh yeah series. me too that's why i'm like stuck but 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 book six as a book but is the, a vo- it is a right. void in my mind for some <laughs> that's reason not the book right that's us uh yeah, what actually happens in book six? Harry is... Harry goes to... Harry is gonna bang Harry the waitress. Harry loves book. He loves the he book. He loves book. Harry's gonna bang the waitress, but Dumbledore shows up and is like, I have to take you to meet Slughorn. Slu- Slughorn is um, a character who could be really interesting... Uh, because uh, he's like very nice and seems like the cool Slytherin, but he's actually super manipulative secretly, except Dumbledore just tells us straight up. He's kind of like a spider at the very beginning. So already we just lose any (laughs) development and like intrigue we might have there. Also, most of why he's bad is he's fat. Um, uh, Harry learns that he's got to go hang out with Dumbledore in his office all year. He, oh, that's real bad. Yeah, that's not good because oh, when but, he okay, but but one time when he went to his office, that was the reason that we met Jack Sloper for the first time. Oh, that's true. This yeah, Half Blood Prince is the Jack Sloper novel. <laughs> oh, that's a really good point. That's quite a feather in its cap. Mm-hmm. Our favorite character, Jack Sloper. So he has to go to Dumbledore's office because Dumbledore is like, I'm going to show you some fucked up shit. Are you ready? And the fucked up shit is a bunch of memories he took from other people 
and they don't go anywhere. And one of them is like, he sees, he sees some like rat people attack a ministry guy. And it turns out the rat people have the, the, the ring, the gaunt ring. That's a hallow later. I, I think that, I'm running out of stuff. I remember. Yeah. I mean, I think that like half blood prince is like fully a book that is all about setting up Deathly Hallows, which honestly, mm. like, <laughs> I, I, I'm honestly like, maybe it's worse than Deathly I, I Hallows just by, just, by, just by virtue of setting it up. Like, I'm right? Like, a Deathly, question mark at the end of Deathly Hallows here. What a right? Like, what a nightmare that was. Yeah. Yeah, and it was definitely. all just like weird backstory and uh, the Deathly Hallows introduction. Sucks. Um, but I'm I'm looking through the chapter list of Death of um, Half Blood Prince to try to remember it. <laughs> There's the Felix Felicis stuff. That part's um, good. Yeah, I enjoyed some of that, but I think I enjoyed it mostly for the ambiguity about whether it was real. Yeah. And I don't think it's supposed to be ambiguous. We got an an we got an answer for that after the episode. I remember. I guess the I guess the part where Harry like slashes Draco was kind of cool until it was ruined. (laughs) When Snape shows up and is like, "Okay, you need to run all the way back to the (laughs) to the dorms." Yeah. Um, Snape's the dark arts professor, but it doesn't really do anything other than make Harry mad. Yeah, we get, what do we get, like, one class with them together? Yeah. Not even, maybe? And we just hear, like, oh, Snape sucks. The beginning is when we're there at the burrow, and, and, like, Ginny's, like, this stupid Fleur, she's, I hate her. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I I think the thing with Half-Blood Princess is just unrelentingly mean. On top of just being like a, a a plot void, yeah, yeah. Draco is doing a mystery entirely off screen, and the whole time Harry's like, "I don't care about the mystery. I don't care about the mystery. I want to see. <laughs> I want to go watch CSI with Dumbledore." Well, no, it's even dumber than that. It's sometimes he wants to go see, do CSI with Dumbledore. Um, and then sometimes the Draco mystery is so compelling to him that he'll throw everything away to go to go oh, do right. it that is what he was like obsessed with it and and hermione was hermione, like no yeah you Herm- need to do what school oh do school harry <sighs> yeah book six book six is is harry or hermione and ron being like harry you're too invested in the mystery of this mystery novel also the mystery involves um harry Forgetting that the room of requirement exists. And also, uh, like there's, there's the part where he like bumps into the girl carrying the vase or whatever. And like, that's supposed to be like a clue. But the problem is that it's like, cause it says like, Oh, a girl, he didn't recognize that he bumped into. But the thing is, is it's not like a named character where you could say like, wait a minute. We also saw this character here and this girl couldn't be in two places at once. So it like completely does not work as a hint that it's someone in polyjuice, right? There's, that's a really badly constructed mystery on top of all the other stuff too. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to decide if that makes it 
worse than Deathly Hallows. We get like eight chapters of explaining why um, Voldemort is Ted Bundy. He was born that way. He was born that way. He's just a nasty little lad. Yeah. Yeah, but Deathly Hallows had wand lore. Deathly Hallows. Devastating for the series. Deathly Hallows is devastating for the series. And I think a lot of that has to do with it being the ending, right? Like, it's difficult to gauge between the two of them, which is actually worse for me. Because, like, I think Half-Blood Prince absolutely matches and honestly maybe outstrips Deathly Hallows on just, like, number of stupid things that suck in it. (laughs) But, like, Deathly Hallows gets, like, a times two multiplier on all those for being the ending, right? Yeah, and it's also not at Hogwarts, which is weird. I mean, we're almost getting to the point where it's like, does Deathly Hallows count as a Harry Potter or not? I mean, like, of course it does, right? But, like, rhetorically, like, maybe it isn't the worst Harry Potter novel because it just can't be judged like one. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Hmm. Hmm. Half-Blood Prince. And then, and then let's, because this is the one that we read longest ago, but I'm, I'm glad that we both remember that it sucked. Mm. Uh, Chamber of Secrets, despite having Dobby and Lockhart in it, awful mystery, terrible racism allegory, um, the, the Horcrux stuff is kind of how it scrapes by as, like, an important novel, right? Like, like a necessary chapter in the series. But other than that. There's, there's stuff to like about Chamber yeah i think um the mystery took a weird back seat um and is not i I don't think that the most important thing is for a mystery to be like solvable sure yeah there's some fun stuff like harry you know not like realizing he's hearing a snake but also like he you know is speaks parcel tongue and all of that Uh, but the the eye roll of Hermione like figuring out that it's in the pipes or whatever is just like <laughs> and then just getting <sighs> petrified and then when she gets woken up she says Harry you solved it Harry you solved it Harry um, you solved it there's some very funny stuff in, in that one that like doesn't make sense to me in retrospect like Hagrid being arrested for... Hagrid is arrested for crimes I, I, I'm really confused why he was arrested for the first murder did he serve his time and get like let out and then another murder happened and they were like okay. you did it again Hagrid Hagrid the, the things you have you set in, in motion <laughs> he's like Jigsaw he's got yeah. a big plan um chamber of secrets has all the jerk off jokes yeah it does those are pretty good like and now i'm thinking about it and and she got pretty spicy with the with the jokes like second book second book has probably the most because everyone remembers (laughs) the the can i have a look at uranus lavender one yeah that's book five 
but if we're if we're if we're taking uh, uh, these books and comparing them by like dirty jokes alone, Chamber of Secrets way better than Order of the Phoenix here. Mm-hmm. Chamber of Secrets has like the long running Percy polishing polishing his badge thing. Yeah. Uh, and then like what did what did Ginny see him doing? Just, uh-huh. Yeah, lots of lots of weird jack off humor in that. Um, yeah, weird. That I that I admire, not because I think it's good, but just pretty audacious for book two <laughs> of your. <laughs> uh, I'm now a beloved children's author. What will I do next? <laughs> I'm going to just put a bunch of jack off jokes in my book. <laughs> cool. All right. Sure. Why not? Um, something for the something for the parents. Uh, something for the adult fans. Um. Uh, this I'm just Chamber, Chamber of Secrets versus Half Blood Prince. I think Half Blood Prince is worse because it doesn't have Lockhart. But yeah, it does, but that's it, easy. But it does have Snape content. It does. Um, I'm sure Chamber has a lot of good Snape in it. Chamber has. I mean, it has the most important thing with the, the dueling club. There's clearly enough of it for us to like make our Oh, Snape is in that amazing scene at the beginning with McGonagall where they get in trouble for driving the car and they think that they're going to die and it's just like <laughs> McGonagall and Snape being like like kind of like frenemies with each other. <laughs> Snape tried to expel them. Yeah. She's like, "No, you can't expel them." And it's like clearly about Quidditch stuff. Yeah. yeah that's, that's cute. That's cute. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Although then again, I say that, and book six has that incredible moment where, like, after um, uh, Harry has ha- Harry meets like depressed Tonks. Oh my god! And Snape is like, "Oh, so you broke up then?" Snape, yeah. Snape has like a full chapter of like appearing and being like, "Damn, guess you broke up with your stupid boyfriend, huh?" And yeah, then- and then he walks Harry to the castle, and the whole time he's just he's just like ribbing. He's him. just roasting him that entire time, <laughs> just absolutely laying into Harry as they're walking up to the the castle. Yeah, that that's part's pretty good. Pr- it, it, difficult to gauge this just on Snape content. It is. That's oh, a whole different ranking, yeah, right? We, yeah, we can't. Yeah, yeah. We do a separate ranking of what our favorite Snape books are. Why is Snape the best character in these books? <laughs> well, he's he is until he isn't, right? Right, and, until it takes a disastrous turn. But the thing is, <laughs> a disastrous turn happens pretty late. Yes, later than we thought. Yeah, we were we were re- we were bracing for impact around Order of the Phoenix, if I remember right. Yeah, I think so, and I, I think six hinted at some like some bad, but at the same time, like as they're running from the castle, Snape also just like still kicks Harry's ass, and it's very funny. Yeah, yeah, Snape Snape holds on for a lot longer than I was expecting. Hmm. <sighs> okay, I I think Chamber goes in at five purely because of dobby and lockhart and and it's it's still a fun read even though it's not a good mystery and the allegory is terrible but like the characters are very entertaining and it really is just kind of more of book one in a lot of ways yeah, but just like less well thought out. Yeah, for some reason. Yeah, I, uh, the the thing that's like a, a little bit of a weird sticking point for me about book two is that I think that um her deciding that the books were going to be about bigotry. 
Yeah. Was really. Yeah. Bad. Mm-hmm. But honestly, she decided that so early that like. That's a problem. I don't know if I could even them. put a mark against that book for having the genesis of that idea. Sure. It is definitely an incredibly clumsy handling of it because it focuses nearly entirely on how Harry feels about having to deal with being called a racist (laughs) or being related to one, like not even called one, just like being related to one, uh, which is incredibly funny. Cool power. Yeah. You have a really cool power to talk to snakes. (laughs) People are being mean to him about that. But Lockhart is so good. What a fun character. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm. That movie is a great time, too. The movie is so much better than the book. And maybe that's honestly coloring it a little unfairly for me, too. It's just all the adult actors that are just like hamming it up the whole time. Having a fucking great time in that one. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to tentatively put chamber of secrets here in number five and now i guess the real question is is half-blood prince worse than deathly hallows we're really close to the sun on deathly hallows it's not it's not you don't think it's worse i think deathly hallows is more interesting Mm -hmm. but not on purpose i think it's an (laughs) interesting uh creator destroying their own work (laughs) um So it's interesting from a critical perspective, but I don't think it's, I think it is mostly, and like, I, I know that we just like read a bunch of reactions to Deathly Hallows, but I think that how it cements its bottom ranking is that so many people immediately after were like, wow, it was really boring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. It, it, it's not only dissatisfying for us who are kind of like primed to be dissatisfied with all of these it it's it's just one that also i think has the most complicated legacy with the fans cuz i think that there are uh, a lot of people had the same experience we did as teens where just like even then without like critic brain we were like this kind of sucked and i don't think that was a unique experience for us yeah it's it's boring um the pacing is really weird stuff is off screen that really shouldn't be it rushes to a weird conclusion it like the solution is purely mechanical and doesn't like mean anything mm-hmm. we're just like introduced to the idea right at the end um the characters so honest- aren't yeah. characters no um and like half blood prince doesn't have a plot and it also has its plot happen like entirely off screen but i do think that it succeeds at what it's trying to do which is just deliver lore you could almost call Haplet prince uh, uh i nearly said ocarina of time i just see oot and i'm like that's ocarina of yeah. time. order of the phoenix Haplet prince and deathly hallows that's like the like the plot is happening elsewhere trilogy yeah yeah, we got like I'm trying to think back to Goblet. I and but I guess that was the turn, right? Is it's like you, after Goblet, um, Dumbledore maybe is becomes where, the most important D- character. Dumbledore is the protagonist. Yeah, yeah. But we're locked into Harry's POV. Yeah, yeah. That is like the critical issue with all all three of those after Goblet of Fire, because Goblet of Fire 
I think is, is incredibly messy. And like, like I said, the Triwizard stuff is not great. The um, the mystery that Sirius or like when Sirius like is like hammering the moody mystery in for you in the cave. Right. Like there's a lot of stuff where it's like this isn't great, but it is still a mystery that Harry is participating in. Mm-hmm. And we have all the information for it. It's delivered weirdly a lot of the time. Um, it's delivered like sort of backwards, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes, yes. It's like it's like you get the reveal, and then a character explains the clues to you. It's, <laughs> yes, it's, it's like sort Crouch, of weird. The, the, the Barty Crouch Senior stuff in particular feels like it's in reverse, right? Like, mm-hmm. like just kind of kind of oddly sequenced. But but I think that that it, it's still a mystery where Harry is like active uh, in his investigation. And he isn't being told by the other characters to stop caring about the mystery. Yeah, I, I sort of enjoy him being a little bit like uh, coerced into doing this tournament that he wants to doesn't want didn't want to do in the first place. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that that like is a fun way to move the plot forward, even though the tournament is sort of a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Cedric's Cedric. Death was sad. I like yeah. Cedric generally. Yeah. I, uh, he's a character who I like had no opinion on going into that book, um, and I ended up kind of really enjoying him. Mm-hmm. Just, just it, it, they do a good job of setting him up as just like, oh, he just kind of seems like a nice guy. Yeah, uh, he's just like doing a school tournament yeah. gone wrong. <laughs> uh, Voldemort's um, uh, like getting resurrected and giving that speech is pretty oh, fun. His yes, his big monologue to all of his buds. Yeah. Before he loses a fight with a 14-year-old. Well, yeah. <laughs> Very good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, do you think Goblet of Fire keeps the number two spot here? I think so. Weirdly. Okay. I know we had a lot of a lot of picking at that one. Mm-hmm. And I think that in some ways it was picked at just because it's like pretty close to being okay. Yeah. I mean, like maybe here. I'm just going to put a line here of like bad <laughs> you know like we're, uh and honestly you know what P- prisoner of azkaban it's good but i could put it like maybe on the line here <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe i don't know um but uh i i i definitely think that goblet of fire has a shitload of problems and introduced some of the worst stuff in harry potter but if we if we are comparing it to the other ones purely yeah. the other books I think yeah. it's, I think number two is earned. Yeah, I, I sort of want to put Sorcerer's Stone at number two still, just because I think that like it has less problems than Goblet of Fire, but I just have more fondness for Goblet, I think. I think being in the top three is a good place for the first novel in a series, you know? Yeah. Order of the Phoenix and Chamber of Secrets are kind of our last ones that aren't locks. I'm going to say Deathly Hallows is absolutely a lock for last, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Order of the Phoenix... So four and the fourth and fifth slot. Mm-hmm. Chamber of Secrets, make your case for any of these. Or actually, because I could make my case if I don't agree. Order of the Phoenix, Occlumency Scenes, very good. The Occlumency Scenes are very good. Chamber of Secrets, Lockhart, very good. That's true. That's true. Hmm. And just any time he talks about all the stuff he's done or like <laughs> trying to teach Harry how to be a celebrity. Really funny stuff. Really funny stuff to read now, too. Yeah. Lockhart is such a, like, perfect vision of a shitty celebrity. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's it's fun reading, like, you know, we were reading the, the coverage of Harry Potter from 2007 in the first segment. 
and how that is just a hundred percent what every piece of writing about Gilderoy Lockhart wrote about himself sounded like, right? Like, mm-hmm. like that's that's just so it's it's on the nose so much it hurts. I think. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, but Order of the Phoenix does have the Occlumency stuff. It does have Luna. I really like Luna. I think it's I think that's when she's at her best. She gets to be the most of a character. Neville also gets to be the most of a character, I think, in 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 book five. Book two um, has uh, some fun Myrtle stuff in it. Some fun dark humor. Oh, I um, forgot about Myrtle. Yeah, yeah Myrtle, Myrtle's pretty fun. She has some good lines and things, and I I kind of like the. Uh, shadow of a mystery that she is like when they realize that she was the one that was killed way back when yeah um is is sort of fun um and i also like think that the like kids book horror of the chamber of secrets is fun because i i love horror that's written for kids yeah it's like a bias of mine i think it's it's really fun it's like luigi's mansion right Mm -hmm. It's, it's a blast so like a lot of the stuff um of like the chamber of secrets being open and like scary messages being written on the wall. Like I, I enjoy that. The problem is it's all undercut by the, um, weird, like Draco being basically a Nazi at 12 years old uh, (laughs) stuff. And like really, really grim stuff, but it's, it's, it is very funny. And like, I, that is the stuff that I appreciate about all three of the first books is Mm -hmm. that I, I, similar to you, I like stuff that is, for a young audience but is still like still gives them some dark jokes right like like i I, it's it's just a part of like i appreciate stuff that doesn't talk down to children right yeah i mean it's it is so weird how upside down the series is because i i still think the ones that are written more explicitly for children are more mature and treat treat you the reader better than the later ones that are so uh, like mature in their content but are like for babies like they're so naive (laughs) and stupid so Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of fun stuff in in those early books, just purely like in the sense of humor and the the, the tone and whatnot. Yeah, and it goes wrong a lot of the time, right? Like yeah. it it goes too far or or whatever is like clearly um some 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 meanness. Um, yeah, and I, and I still am like sort of bothered by what it did for Draco's character. I yeah. I am fine with where he ended up, I guess. But just having, I enjoyed him more as a bully and a rival than I did, um, as just like like truly heinous, like it, like beyond his like beliefs that he's parroting from his parents. The idea mm-hmm. that that twelve year old Draco Malfoy is like, yeah, I hope they kill Hermione, like the <laughs> yeah, other kid yeah, that he just he's at yells a slur. He just says like, I hope they kill all the slurs in the right. And it's the, like I, I hope that Hermione's next or whatever he yeah. says, and it's just like that seems like a bridge too far for my enjoyment for of a twelve-year-old as like a goofy rival. Yeah, yeah, it definitely biffs that stuff. Um, all I right, I kind of talked myself into putting Chamber at four, but it seems so wrong. Uh, I mean, it's it, uh, both of them feel because again, it's it, it it is we're not arguing between ranking two good books; it's ranking two bad books. <laughs> And I'm not sure. Hmm. Okay, what what's good in order? The huh? problem is I don't remember. I don't remember Order of the Phoenix at all. Order, yeah. See, Order has 
It's very meandering. It's very meandering. A lot of I oh, like... had a dream about orb, had a dream about hallway, <laughs> so had a dream much about orb. Big door. Oh my god, I forgot and about then it was orb. Like, Harry, Harry, stop dreaming about orb. Harry, stop dreaming about hallway. <laughs> I no, about... I want to dream about hallway. What's down there? I forgot about Maddening. orb and hallway. Maddening. Oh wow, yeah, that is bad. <laughs> that Whereas, is like, really chamber, fucking bad. It's like. Yeah, someone opened the Chamber of Secrets. There's a monster killing us, and we don't know what it is. That's cool. That's fun. Yeah, orb and hallway and snake mm. and <laughs> oh. not good. Yeah, really bad. I'm trying to think of anything good that happens in Order of the Phoenix, other than like vague. I like Luna. I like Neville. I like Brain Room. I mean, I think the or the the namesake of the book, the Order, combined with the DA stuff, is Order of the Phoenix worse than <sighs> Half Blood Prince? It might be. It might be. Does Chamber move up to four? Order move down to six, and Half Blood Prince move up to five? Maybe it might. Because uh, yeah. Half Blood Prince is just a void to me, but Order, wow. No more. I think about it. Yeah, I'm. I'm really reversing my my stance on it when I remember Hallway and Orb. Yeah, Hallway and Orb. Remembering that that was so long, right? Like, okay, how does that sound? See, this, this I'm torn here because, like, this does feel like giving Chamber too much credit because it sucks in a lot of ways. <laughs> but also, but also, Order of the Phoenix is, like, the Thestrals are cool, I guess. What They're else? Right. Is, what is? What else is good in five? The Umbridge sucks. Lessons. Umbridge, Umbridge sucks for two reasons. One, I, like she's not like particularly a fun character, but also like just like not well handled. I don't think. Yeah, and she's ugly. She's ugly, and she's too womanly. She's like too much of her. <laughs> Again, is she fooling? Order of the Phoenix is where we get, uh, I, I, I think it was actually book six where we got this, but, 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 but book five is completely the poster child for the like, uh, if you are hotter or less hot than a seven, you're evil, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, the, and that, that is, yeah. Oof. And like how the Umbridge stuff ends up and like what it considers her like just desserts and whatnot. Yuck real bad yeah i just think the moment to moment drama is sometimes fun but now i can't think of any it's just like a vague impression that i have but i can't like the bit where harry sees a little bit of snape's memory and snape is like very shakespearean like get a cast you out of me office get out (laughs) that part's cool i like when harry's like sort of torn um between uh serious Oh, that's actually what it is. It's serious. I think the downfall oh, of serious that is, is the saving like, grace. Yeah, that's that's why I'm like I'm like racking my brain. Like, what is it about yeah. order that makes me want to rank it higher? And it's because it feels like the other shoe dropping for Prisoner of Azkaban. Yes, the serious because, stuff delivers yeah. very well. It's it's Harry seeing serious through teenagers' eyes instead of like little kid, mm-hmm. and not wanting to recognize that he is not good yeah i mean it's and it's tragic it's yeah serious story is a tragedy he was in torture prison for 13 years or whatever yeah um but i i think that that 
um, almost that is a really strong bit of drama yeah and it, it seems like pretty cohesive too like it, it, oh and the part where Sirius tells Harry like oh you're not James yeah. all that stuff is Brutal. really really good yeah yeah but do, but does but does that does that put it above Half-Blood Prince? See, that's the thing, though, is that I think that that drama is more well-delivered on. It's like Order has that one good thing about it, but it is so much better than any <laughs> of the individual good things in Half-Blood Prince. Do you think that this goes Chamber of Secrets, Order of the Phoenix, Half-Blood Prince? Yeah, I do. Okay, let's let me put let me reshuffle this into position here. Okay, I think. How yeah. are you feeling about our goblet placing? <sighs> the mood, the moody stuff to me is so strong. Moody's the best villain. At, like, and, and so, and like, I think it is the best mystery in the series. Um, but it also has Spew, and it also has Rita, <laughs> and it also has. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't want to rank them on like how like morally bad. They no, are, but, but like, like I like it's just that that I mean like because that puts them all at seven at like the worst right. But like I I I it goes beyond that, and then I think that not only do those things suck to read, but like they they also like don't really do anything for the story. So it's like it's like double bad. Like what the fuck yeah, did Spew yeah. do for the story? Yeah, it's it's actually been sort of interesting. I I always see some Harry Potter rumblings on Twitter and such, mm-hmm. and and I think that I don't mean this in any sort of way, but it has become a little bit more popular to talk about the ways that Harry Potter is bad, uh, and so oh, I yeah. see the house elf stuff coming up more and more often uh, yeah. for people, and and even like Harry Potter defenders will often be like, "Yeah, Spook could have been taken out." Yeah. Um, like not even like should be, but like it did nothing for the story. Yeah, yeah. But, but like I like I just think that like not only are those things just like kind of reprehensible, but like that's that's at a certain point like that that's just a raw thing because J.K. Rowling is like a living author doing direct harm right now, right? Yeah, I mean, Goblet is sort of um, or yeah, Goblet is weird from the spew angle just because. I think I was surprised by how down in the weeds that book got with that plot line yeah. to do nothing with it. Like right. it was, it was a, it took up a lot of real estate in that book. It was Hermione's primary thing because she wasn't involved with the Triwizard Tournament, right? And it, and it, and it like pushed her and Ron apart. Yeah, it was like her. It was like her arc was doing like failed activism which is so bizarre it's a fail a fail daughter in that book yeah (laughs) it's really strange it's i god it's it's it it really is difficult to rank these this is is kind of why i wanted to do this i thought it would be fun because it's like yeah they kind of uh other than again even poa honestly has so much stuff that sucks in it that it's like difficult to say like oh yeah this (laughs) one's better than the other one do you think Sorcerer's Stone goes above Goblet here? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think Goblet has higher highs. Goblet so Goblet maintains number two, you think? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I'm all right with it. Okay, okay. Chamber, so really, I guess our main question, so, so I think we're locked in on Deathly Hallows is the worst, Half of Princess the second worst, right? Mm-hmm. Order of the Phoenix and Chamber, uh, five and four, respectively. 
I think that's kind of our last battleground here. Mm-hmm. What do you... Hmm. I will say I had more emotional impact from Sirius's arc in Order of the Phoenix than I had for anything in Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Other than, like, <laughs> hee-hee, Lockhart, hee-hee, both, Snape. They're both really bad books, is the thing. <laughs> I can't... Chamber had all those peas in the movie. Chamber had all the peas in the movie. So, you know, yeah. Order of the Phoenix, emotional arc, Chamber of Secrets, there peas. are a lot, of, a lot a more lot peas, of peas in that than yeah. any other... Yeah, Order of the Phoenix does have a good emotional payoff with Sirius. And I think I do appreciate Angsty Harry as well. Um, the, and by angsty, I, I do mean angsty and not Master Chief, which I, it, I think the fandom's idea of, like, Order of the Phoenix is so funny. Because, like, it... it You see people discussing that one. I think Order of the Phoenix ranks low for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people's main complaint is like, oh, Harry is just so, like, angsty and moody in that one. And I agree, but, like, that's the good parts of the book. When mm-hmm. he's the Master pro- Chief. The, prob- the problem is that he doesn't move forward if he's angsty. Yeah. Which is, why he tra- which is why he transforms into Master Chief, because yeah. the plot needs to move, and yeah. he won't do anything if he's written that and way. And he became Master Chief because everyone was like, Harry, you are so smart and cool and good. Yeah. Please teach us how to... Please, Harry. And then he put on Lupin's uh, old blazer to teach them. <laughs> Hermione is the Joker in this book. We can't... Oh, yeah. We can't... <laughs> she was the Joker. She became the Joker. She... she... That ranks high for me. <laughs> well... At least, at least she's being the Joker. Yeah. That's true. Actually, you know what? That's a good perspective. The Joker is a weird arc for her character to take, but it is an arc for her character, <laughs> as opposed to six and seven, which she barely appeared in. She barely appeared Goblet, where she has the worst subplot, I think, in the whole series. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, in Chamber, she is petrified for the most, most of the, the Her mind does yeah. not get much time in these books does she yeah weird huh in that in that in that light order of the phoenix maybe we when we were complaining about her being the joker in book five we kind of didn't know how good we had it yeah it was like oh thank god hermione is here hermione, and she's the joker who knows what hermione is gonna do <laughs> okay i'm i'm being swayed here Sirius is a great character hermione gets to be a character and it's funny. And it's the Joker for some it's reason. It's the Joker for some reason. Um, and... I don't remember what Ron is doing in 5 at all. <sighs> are they fighting, probably? Yeah, Harry and him are fighting, right? Why? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly the case for it being better than Chamber chamber is like rapidly fizzing away from me what 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 was what was ron doing what's ron doing in book five i'm just gonna look at a quick summary here order of the harry and i started this by saying we are so qualified for this and now i'm like i don't know what happened in this book (laughs) ron what were you doing no wait harry and harry and ron had a falling out in book four but I know they always also are. had a falling out in book five, I think. But also Hermione and Ron had a falling out in book five. 
at a different time. They kind of swap places, if I remember right. Ron is sad that his dad is in hallway with Snake and Orb. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was messed up. He was, he was probably was keeping watch. But what was hallway. he doing before that? Because I think, if I remember right, like Harry and Ron's relationship was really strained in five. But then the like our complaint was that like once again some like extraneous event happened that like brought them together and they just forgot about it again. Yeah, that's how. That's is that how, how conflicts that, are resolved? Yeah, is that how it happened? In it's this like one? thanks for saving my dad from hallway. <laughs> my dad was gonna be a goner in all orb hallway. And controls. F, F for Ron on the Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix film uh, Wikipedia page. I mean, he joined the DA. Yeah, he joined the DA. Uh, was he? No, Lavender's book six, right? Yeah, Ron, what happened to your your arc? Ron, what did you do in book five? Um, all I'm all I'm seeing is that he went to the DA and he went to the ministry. I'm looking at the Wikipedia for the book. Yeah, I was too. Ron, what so, are you doing? Ron. Uh, it's a lot of educational. Oh, oh, he was um failing to be good at Quidditch. Oh, I thought that was book six. It might be both. Never mind. I'm wrong. Did Ron do anything? Ron. We're just gonna Google straight up. What did Wait, Ron, Ron was do? Sad he wasn't a prefect. No. Oh. Oh yeah. Ron. No. Ron no, and Hermione Harry was became sad. prefects. Harry is jealous of Ron for not getting a prefect's badge, and they have a kind of a little falling out of that over that. Ron was. Keeper in this as well? No? <laughs> I found a, a website that's kind of like a like a Sparknotes reading guide type thing. And they have like, Ron Weasley, strengths, cheerful, brave, loyal, weaknesses, low self-esteem, prone to being a jerk. Yikes. Hmm. Okay, this is Quidditch. He he was the keeper, and it's the and Luna has the hat and Oh, his sarcastic badges? No. Sarcastic song is five. Yep. That's this, what it is. Yep. Sarcastic song is five. Mm-hmm. Sarcastic badge is six. I think sarcastic and badge four. is five as well. Four. There are multiple sarcastic because it's four as well. Okay. Well. Okay, yes. Weasley is our king. You're right. That is book five. Weasley is our king. Uh, and he joins the order. He he uh he learns about Hagrid's mission with Harry. Um the Harry uh takes him to to uh ministry to save his dad from Snake Hallway. I the- forgot there's a lot of OWL's content in, in right. this book. Right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, my question is cuz I'm a little uh, I'm a little out of sorts here. Does this make uh, book four or book five better or worse for you after learning? Ah, uh, this is nothing to me. Yeah, kind of the same here. 
I, this is this is net neutral. Okay, so net neutral on Ron here. Does Hermione being the Joker and Sirius having a good arc put it above Chamber of Secrets? I'm leaning towards yes, because Draco's arc in Chamber is so bad. Yeah, I don't think the characters. I think the characters are in stasis in Chamber of Secrets, and I like I like the serious serious stuff in order. Okay, I'm gonna just just like it, in it's your a heart. Very of, controversial one. In your heart of hearts, does this list look? The problem is this looks wrong no matter what we do. Is kind of what I'm I'm thinking here because all of these books are bad. I think the only thing that is like sticking out to me is like a it's false because I'm still just like I had so much fun doing Half Blood Prince, but I know that it's not because of the book. Right. We we had a blast doing Half Blood Prince because it was the almost the worst book. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of where I'm at on that one. So our ranking is number one, Prisoner of Azkaban. The best book in the series. I think that one's fairly unquestioned. Mm-hmm. Book two, Goblet of... Number two is uh, Goblet of Fire, book four. That feels so high, but also I think that's right. Yeah, I think so. Number three is Sorcerer's Stone. I think it's an admirable place for your debut novel to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, num- not a great sign, though. Not a great sign, either. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Number four, Order of the Phoenix. This is where it's getting controversial, but I like I I feel like it just barely edges Chamber of Secrets. Uh, I, out. B- I believe in this one. I, I'm I'm into it. Okay. Number five, Chamber of Secrets, book two. I think that's a well deserved spot. It's, it has some fun characters. The mystery is like like it's fun that it's more of a kids' book than the rest ones still. Um, but it's silly. It's short. It's snappy. But it is real fucking bad in a lot of you ways. You can read too. it in one afternoon. Yes, yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, number six, Half Blood Prince. We had a blast doing it. Terrible book. Remember when <laughs> Draco like curb stomped Harry on the train yes! and then put and then threw the invisibility cloak over him? Was remember, like ha ha ha. Remember when Harry did like a front flip, invisible front <laughs> flip, <laughs> into the into the luggage rack. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <sighs> and then num- number seven, the worst, the lowest of the low. Yeah, back to the drawing board with this one. Deathly Hallows. This <laughs> one you just toss out. This is like you finish it and you go, I'm starting over. That's kind this of. Is a, yeah. This is a fake book. This is a fake book. I think five and six are, or uh, six and seven are both kind of fake books in a way. Mm-hmm. Um. So that there is our ranking with the big, the big asterisk. Basically, everything that isn't pillar, uh, uh, I nearly said pillars of storage. Nearly everything that isn't prisoner of Azkaban, maybe not worth your time. <laughs> yeah, prisoner's fun. I think I still, yeah. I still think that that's a fun book slash movie. Yeah, great movie. Love that movie, and I think the book is good too. Um, but yeah. Harry Potter. We did it. We've read all of it and we have now ranked it. The most important job of a podcast are ranking. Everybody's stuff. been wondering. Everyone has been on the edge of their seats. What is the ranking? And there you go. The official uh, <laughs> Shrieking this Shack. Is the, this is the official Streetcast ranking. Yeah. This is cons- we came to consensus here. We did. I I think I'm I can be proud of this list. 
Yeah. Number one. We talked about it for like an hour. <laughs> I did not expect that this segment would go this long. Honestly, <laughs> I thought I thought this would be short and sweet, but I think we had a lot to say. And uh, honestly, a good recap for the series. Yeah, I think so. Um, of what stuck with us and what didn't. Like, what did Ron do in book five? No fucking. Nobody clue. knows. No one knows. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Hey, we finished Harry Potter. Are we going to make a fancy graphic? Ooh, do you want me to make a fancy graphic? Kinda. I'll make a fancy graphic if you want. That could be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll make us a fancy graphic for this episode. We finished Harry Potter. Yep. Took us th- two and a half, three years. Something uh, like that, something right? Something like that. Exactly 150 episodes to get to the end of the books. That's kind of cool. That is pretty cool. Um, we get to 151 with the movie, and that's basically be like, hey, that's like all the Pokemon. Each each episode oh. has its own Pokemon. Wow. <laughs> there's our there's our next ranking episode. Which Pokemon is every episode <laughs> of our show? <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a nightmare. Yeah. But I I I had a great time doing this. These, yeah. These books are terrible. Um, I think it was a worthy undertaking for us to uh, to do this. Um, I think we proved our point. So I, I think that is the best takeaway. <laughs> we started this for years before we even started this podcast. We were like, what's the fucking deal with Harry Potter? Huh? How's that? Yeah. What the fuck is going on there? What the fuck's going on with Harry Potter? And we rolled up our sleeves the, again debatable whether it was the best or worst possible time mm-hmm. to answer the question hey what the fuck is going on in harry potter um and i think that we now have 150 podcast episodes that if you have someone in your life who is like what's the fucking deal with harry potter you can say hey well here's here's a very long guide like, yeah, well, I mean, I think about it, that fir- the story I told on the first episode about my friend from college that, mm. that got mad at me for saying book seven was bad. Yeah. Um, I think if that conversation ever happens to me again in the wild and they're like <laughs> challenging me, I'm like, okay, I do have a podcast. <laughs> it's about one million hours long. So if you would like to have this conversation, <laughs> you can hit me up about it. Yeah, we can do this. We- I, think I've, I think I've proved my point. We've proven our point. Um, but like we said uh, about Half-Blood Prince, but really all the books, um, I had a blast doing it. Uh, I think I could think of nothing, nothing more delightful than having a podcast with my friend. <laughs> and I'm getting kind of weepy here. <sighs> Sorry. Um, I, feel, I, feel like, I feel like I have performed an exorcism. <laughs> Yeah, a great weight has been lifted. Harry, I I never need to read Harry Potter again. Uh, I never need to open one of these fucking books again. Um, we I f- did it. We made it. We made it. Um, and here's to our podcast, and to you, my great co-host. And thank you very much. And to whatever we do next. Mm-hmm. And with that. <laughs> uh 
wait, we can too now. We what? We're giving we're giving everyone else advice, but we're gonna be able to read something else. We're gonna be able to read something else. That's amazing. Holy fuck. Finally. Our theme song's Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can check them out in Bandcamp. Uh, you can check us out at patreon.com slash streetcast. Harry Potter has ended, but the common room trucks on. We're in the midst of a imagines renaissance. Uh, tune in next week to find out how we meet Jensen Ackles. <laughs> that's a thing that's happening over there right now. <laughs> um, and uh, Liz, what are we going to read next week? We will be going to the cinema. We'll be going to the pictures. We'll be going to the pictures uh, to view uh, a little movie called Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Um, I believe the tagline was, it all it ends. It all ends. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we'll be doing. Uh, so we won't be reading anything. We won't be fucking reading anything. I'm never reading again. <laughs> We have fulfilled our quota of reading. Mm -hmm. One chapter a week for 150 weeks. Yeah. Incredible. Well, I guess we don't even need to plead with anyone anymore. Oh, no, they all should. They this is advice. This is advice. I mean, that's true. Come on. That's true. Please read another book. Please read another book. Makes ocean roar seem tame Better know what you're after If you catch a eye Cause this hot mama Is just a cat in disguise